0: What's up, everyone? Today's podcast is brought to you with the help of DigBMX.com. Um, if you haven't seen the new Alex Kennedy part over on their website, uh, you need to stop what you're doing, hit up DigBMX.com, and go watch that. It'll, it'll blow your mind. Um, what could I say about our next guest? Um, the dude's been pro for longer than I mean, half the dudes nowadays have been alive, uh, and, and still pushes things to to a level that it's really hard for a lot of people to even imagine. Um, it was a pleasure to sit down with Van Homen, uh, just, just hearing him talk about riding and, and where he came from, it was such a treat, so uh, without any further ado, here we go.
1: kind of have to remind yourself to take it back and and make sure it's fun you know like because it's it's easy to kind of get caught up in in what your responsibilities are as a rider as a professional rider or like feel like you need to keep up with and be relevant or or this side of the other thing and and uh then you just you kind of have to remind yourself to just you do what you do and especially at this point in my life my career it's like you know if what i'm doing isn't enough at some point well then all right it's not enough you yeah know? like I, i'm gonna do me at this point i'm not gonna you know it doesn't make sense for me to go out and learn some trick trying to keep up or trying to make sure so i can make finals at a contest or yeah like, you know i'm gonna ride the way i want to ride and you know it's cool having even guys like whiz around like old friends you know like i was i was gonna go do some demos um i would went was going to do some demos for for woodward a few about a month back and uh I was leaving, and you know, just the word demo—it sounds like you get kind of nervous because you're thinking oh, like yeah. this big production, and like you've got to do like the showstopper tricks or whatever it is. And I mean, as it turns out, we were doing demos on the lawn tramp, which was really fun. But we can talk about that next. But either way, you <laughs> know, I was kind of like not overly stressed, and I mean, I knew that, but uh, a little bit like, oh man, I don't know, I got to do these demos. I'm like a little nervous. And Wiz is like, it's like, dude, just do do what you do. He's like, they. He's like, it's not like you're some new guys. Like they know what you do, so yeah. just go do it. Like he's like, they're not gonna expect you to ride away that you don't. You know, I was like, ah, oh, that's a good point. You know, yeah. so you know, it just, uh, yeah, it's just, it, I, I don't know, kind of off on a tangent. No, but, that yeah. tangents are
0: good. I mean, let's go on tangents. But you said mm. so it just ended up being like a lawn tramp, like what a three foot tall lawn tramp. Oh uh, yeah,
1: the, the the Woodward demos were really fun because uh, all it was was. Uh, you know basically they're opening up some new facilities in in uh, at some hard rock resorts one in Punta Cana oh, really? and one in Riviera Maya Mexico and uh basically they're just another amenity you know it's not like a kid'll go to camp the way he goes to camp here yeah. it's essentially it's just another amenity so i think it'll be cool i like maybe if, if a parent went to the resort they could bring their kid and right then... that's the whole concept is to have like the t- teenagers be be uh have a play more to do you know yeah you yeah can, yeah basically at a resort like that like a kid can only hang out on the beach so long while his parents sit there and drink and yeah. Yeah. So um but uh I think it's gonna be cool because I think it's also gonna attract like a lot of older riders and skaters that are kind of just weekend warriors or like, you know, if I wasn't lucky enough to be able to ride as much as I do and I had a regular nine to five, I would want to go there you know, like I said, a bachelor party or if, like, a few couples went there, it's like... Yeah. Because uh, it's just another amenity, you know? You yeah, could you could go wake, there with a couple girls and be like, yeah, you guys go do this this day. We're going to take some runs or something. Yeah, you wake up and you you have a session and then you meet the ladies on the beach and you go snorkeling and, you know, it's it like... Sounds like a it, good day. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be, like... It's not like a lot of people as they, you know, you know, they grow up, they, they're not riding 12 hours a day like they did when they were 15. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a rad setup for them too. So I think they're going to be surprised how many adults are into it too. But, uh, but either way we, yeah, we, we had, we went to do demos at a, like a vacation type trade show. And then we actually went to the resort and did them. And, um, it was a lot of fun. Cause we, all we had was a launch ramp and like a couple of grind box or rail setups, but it, <laughs> they were super cheesy, but it was fun. Like the guys, um, I was working with, um, a uh, skater named uh, Luis Luisa uh, Talentino. I think okay. Is how you say his name. Um, he's from uh, from uh, New York, and uh, he's originally from Dominican. So that's part of the reason he was there. But uh, you know, me and him kind of meshed. Him and I meshed really well, and then they even had like some gymnasts and like a free runner. You know, so like it, <laughs> it was really. Corny. Do, they, do they do like free running and like parkour at Woodward now? Yeah, they do. Wow. So it was, they were really cheesy demos, but like we, you know, we weren't above that. We were like, well, whatever, this is fun. And like the audience wasn't a riding, skating audience. So they just want to see action, you know? Yeah. So we, we just came up with some really corny, cheesy demos. Like, you know, some of you would like ollie over my bike or we'd like do, I'd do a tail whip at the same time the cheerleaders were flipping or like we had weird, like we just had some corny, 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 but but it was a lot of fun. And we would like, we were just laughing and like. High five and about it the whole time, and it was yeah. So it was it was cool. Like I love having opportunities like that to go do, go to different places and do something different. Yeah. You know, not just the same old like, you know, same old road trip you've been doing forever. But well, sometimes, I mean, if
0: you're like you know whatever you know the, the pro thing and BMX, I think some people miss that. It's like you know, kids. I think sometimes when people come up, they think it's all video parts and this, and you know, there's a lot of aspects that are just like. You get little perks of like fun trips where you're like, oh, I go ride and do this, and I get to see this part of the country yeah. for a couple of days. And
1: yeah, I'm not above any. I mean, if I'm if I'm on my bike and I'm having fun and getting to travel, I mean that's that's the dream. So I'm not I'm not too good to not too good for anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, it's like I, I go with the flow. Like it's if I. You know some trips it's it's always different too you know some trips you get you're getting treated like a king i mean hell we we're at the hard rock resort in putacana we all had our own rooms with like hot tubs at the foot oh, of our damn. beds and like but then you know the, you know then sometimes you're just driving you're crashing on your buddy's floor and like you know some sometimes somewhere in between you know like we did right before that we did a rad fit trip like cross country and um you know that's that's like another dream come true it's like basically think about when you're a kid you think like oh my job one day my boss is going to be like here here's some trailers with a ramp go go drive <laughs> around the country go drive around the country and just get people sit, excited and, yeah get people stoked on fit you know it's like that's that's the dream you know so like we did that but then that's that's cool too cuz it's 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 different like you know just seeing kids at each shop like we would pull up and you know you set up the trailer and then you just see how stoked the kids oh, be, yeah. you know like and um and it's it's cool for me too because then i'm kind of like hanging out with some of the younger kids on the team and like you you just kind of get a a different vibe like you you know you you might not be exactly on the same page with where you're at in life but but then like in a way you are too you know you always like connect through bmx and like it's cool for me because it it like it always like sucks me back and like regrounds me too because i remember like you know, I'm kind of like the team captain on these type of trips, and we were we were driving, trying to get to the next stop, kind of had a tight schedule, and uh, we pull we pull off at some kind of, like, rest stop up in the mountains, and uh, they they start, like, I'm just filling up with gas, and all the, all, like, Ethan Courier and, like, Justin Spreet and Began, like, those guys all start pulling their bikes out of the van. I was like, whoa, 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 like, we don't have time. Like, and then I look, and there's just this, like, crazy, tranny rock. was like, oh, I, yeah that's cool get it yeah but like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you know you're just like instantly like realize like oh oh shit like no the, okay you want to ride that rock yeah yeah that's why yeah. I, that's why this is what this is all about like ride the shit out of that rock like, yeah like whatever you know it's like and that's it's cool you know because it's easy to get like again you know it's you have to remind yourself sometimes like why you're doing it and oh, yeah. what you're there for like and and uh so it's it's rad like no, I, I mean, I feel the same way, like,
0: like, you can't let yourself get too disattached from what brought you into riding, or what got you, I mean, as you get older and stuff, it's like, you know, things be, other things become priorities and stuff, but, you know, and I feel like that's how BMX loses a lot of bike riders, is, you know, things will just overtake it to where they may not see that ledge, or they may not see that tranny, and it right. won't pull them back, and when you are with younger riders, you know, sometimes, they, can, they you know, they're ball of energy sometimes and sometimes you'll be like holy shit but then if you really step back and look at it you're like this is fucking awesome you, you know
1: and it's fun too i think on the the reverse side of that as well as like as like kind of the older veteran you sort of have a responsibility to show the show the younger kids like how it works too you know like they like we and that like it's just it's all an experience you yeah. know it's all an experience like and i mean because one night we were, like, going into Vegas and we, we couldn't find a hotel, you know, we just couldn't find a hotel anywhere. And, you know, I was feeling kind of guilty, like, it was my bad that, like, I should have been more on this and we should have had a room. And, and uh, you know, no one was overly stressing, but obviously the crew was tired. And then finally, you know, we just, but, like, pretty much everyone had good spirits. So we are like, we're all just, like, screw it. And next thing you know, we're, like, hanging out in the hard rock, like, gambling and and having a party where we'd, like, end up walking out of there at, like, 6 a.m. and then, like, Sean Mack knew some girl that was getting off work. Of course, and, like, of course <laughs> Sean
0: did. Of course, <laughs> Sean. And, uh, so some, and, uh, I got a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: So, like, some sketchy, some, no, nah, I mean, whatever. She's, like, <laughs> not, yeah, not, like, sketchy, but, like, just.
0: It, some girl she, Sean would just, know. Just, yeah, some girl Sean would you know?
1: know. So, next thing you know, we're on the this roof. There's this rooftop of this random house in Vegas, watching the sun come up, and, like, uh, Morgan Long's doing flips off the roof into her pool, and then like we all just crash out on our couches and her floors and you know wake up a few hours and go straight to the next shop stop and like just stuff like that I think especially as dudes get older and they've been around longer they expect more they like they would be really like jaded at that situation and to me you know although some things it might not be ideal at times it's like you laugh it off because you realize if you just go with the flow it's it's gonna be interesting. Like oh, yeah. you might be exhausted. You might want to just find a bed to sleep in. But like, if it's not working out, it's just it's just gonna open you up to like some funny experience, some funny story, and it's just making things better. I mean, it's making your life way less boring that way. You know, it's like if everything just goes perfect, then uh, yeah. It's I mean, boring. if everything stays comfortable in your life, you're ne-
0: I don't feel like you're actually trying hard enough to yeah. enjoy life. Sometimes, you know, like.
1: But yeah, I I totally. So I think to so the kids too, like seeing that, like you know, as you get older, you you still like, you, you know, you might change a little bit, but you're not above, like kind of rolling with those experiences, and you're not above crashing on the floor. Oh yeah, it's still just it's still BMX, you know, like no matter no matter what I you know I love the opportunities on both ends, and I love that BMX has taken me to both ends. It's taking me to like red carpet Hollywood parties, and it takes you to like. Getting jumped in a ghetto oh, because yes. you're so, trying to ride a handle. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's like it, it kind of shows you. I mean, I've been lucky. Maybe not everyone gets to see the red carpet Hollywood party. Yeah, I've been lucky that I've seen that end of it. But either way, it like
0: it BMX shows can you, take
1: you a lot of places. Yeah, it's gonna sh- it's gonna show you a lot. It's gonna <clears throat> teach you a lot. You're gonna meet a lot of people. So it's, yeah, um,
0: yeah. I did a road trip down to Cali, and you know Dave Nori, the old pro flatlander for mm-hmm. for Haro, he was like we he he went along with us and. He was like, well, I mean, he's like in his 50s, and he was just psyched to be on the trip. And this is a dude that's toured, you know, his whole life, probably been the same things, the nicest yeah. things to the worst things. And he's over 50, and he's just psyched. And we get to the solid warehouse, and he just lays down a sleeping bag, curls up, that's goes good. sleep, wakes up, starts making everybody coffee. You know, and it's that's like, he's still, it. yeah. he's still that excited about riding. And, you know, I feel like riding can keep you young for a long time if you just you know let it do it do what you know just keep having fun with it
1: you yeah. know it's it's a spirit you know it's go you can't you can't be too good or too cool for anything you know or it's just you're gonna just limit your your oh, options yeah. and you're you're gonna limit your fun why limit fun <laughs>
0: yeah no let let all the fun <laughs> in um so you, you
1: you grew up like you were like did you grow up like as a serious racer kid yeah um yeah I, I like started racing i mean i i grew up um for like i rode for about a year before i raced we just basically like had some of our buddies old magazines and um and we were like kind of five years out of date because we had like you know it was like 92 and we had like all these magazines from the mid 80s so i wanted <laughs> bikes that hadn't been made for seven years I'm like i want this bike I wanted like a pro freestyle or something yeah and and uh so that was kind of funny but we would just yeah we just rode dirt we just build jumps and that's you know out in the woods and jump those and then there we found out about this uh kid, local kid that raced um and found out about the track that was like a half hour away and then yeah. it all just snowballed from there yeah and then i got into racing like mostly just racing and dirt jumping and uh at first, and then we'd ride street at night because you couldn't see the jumps. So yeah, Did, <laughs> um, it's were the
0: magazines what got
1: you into it, or was it just like friends or yeah, was the interest friends? Yeah, I mean, really, I guess it was. I guess yeah, I guess that all snowballed quick. I guess it was sort of just like any kid does, just building little lips and jumping off them. We got psyched on that, and then then we, uh, yeah, we had those old magazines, and then then it was more. I think that influence from like some of the older locals that that got us got us into kept into it even more and got it then got it in turn got us into racing you said it was all around like 92 yeah that was like yeah that's the first year i I started riding 92 racing in 93 so
0: hey those were good years yeah those were good years for sure um so yeah then when you say you were riding street was that like you guys cruising around or were you like actually, like, starting to, I mean, I know if, like, if it was 93, 94, people were, you know, starting to really take street riding, like, seriously, were you guys, like, grinding and stuff yet, or was it more just, yeah, like...
1: um, I mean, at that point, we were, I mean, 90, like, we were just, like, at that point, like, riding off loading docks. Yeah, yeah. And like, and, like, trying to learn how to bunny hop, you know, bunny hop and stuff, so, um, but then, as, as it progressed, probably, like, you know, once I was into it for a couple years, like, um, once I was racing, I was actually probably, like, a you know, not a halfway decent rider and dirt jumper by this point. Like, yeah. But like two or three years later, um, probably when I was like 14 or so, then I, I started like getting curious about pegs and stuff. Um, after like a couple of years of riding dirt and racing and, and, uh, I didn't even have, I would like put like some thread on peg that I just had laying around <laughs> the garage on my cycle craft and, like, and just go like snap everything. Oh to yeah. Bits, you know, like, and uh, I would just like save up my money and like try to buy like three or four standard axles at a time. Oh, those are the p- would, those came out as like the best thing. Yeah, like it's funny though, but like it's funny that they were good for them. Oh my it's god! I the- now I mean, think about it. Like <laughs> you, you would need like. If you wanted to like ride ledges, you would need like a, a, an axle. The best axle in the game was gonna last you like three sessions. You know, <laughs> like, like I just remember getting them on my bike, and like you you actually grinded,
0: and there was no flex. It felt like salt. Like you're like I'm kind of in control of what's going on here. And then you got. I remember I got the little king bike washers that like helped your dropouts from not bending, but. Yeah, that was like the best invention when it came out. Just yeah. like heat treated axles, which no one would even no one even thinks that's a problem nowadays. Yeah, but it's crazy. When your pegs, pegs are like
1: beat up like, yeah. like this. The stuff we dealt with to like do grinds and like you just Yeah, it's it's funny thinking back on that stuff. Because it, now it's like breaking I haven't broken axle and oh, no. got you know, you just you can get away with murder now.
0: Yeah, dude, breaking an axle was the worst and it always happened. When you were as far away from home as possible, yeah, the axle will break, and you just be like trudging home, pushing yeah. your bike.
1: So, so many broken, arcs. and I, I snapped the dropouts off a couple of bikes because I was like grinding with race frames, you know. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> the dropouts I just snapped. I remember one because I, I was like grinding all day, and then I just hit the, then I hit like a jump and like cased it, and the ax, the dropout just snapped off. But it was, it wasn't, because it was because I was grinding on it yeah. all day. But
0: yeah, stuff. It yeah, stuff was pretty squirrely i I broke so many forks when they didn't have one piece steer tubes Mm -hmm. you know i remember just like waking up on the sidewalk
1: you'd see your wheel and fork you know way up ahead of you and yeah well you're probably even before me i mean i can like i always had like pitchforks and slam bars and like you know they weren't they were the best at the time yeah they weren't as obviously that stuff they've even way better now but but yeah you just yeah, I don't know. I, I but like I sounded like you you had it even rougher like earlier, you know, it wasn't even oh, as good. Well, like, just, by the time pitchforks came out, like compared to some of the stuff you oh, probably yeah. rode, like we were living, you know? Oh pitchforks pitchforks were great when they came out.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, you guys just kind of just session and stuff and then you know, when did you kind of uh start travelling and stuff, you know, like when you're just younger
1: probably like you know when you get a car did you guys start driving around well my dad my dad took me to a lot of races and a lot of nationals and stuff so that was really rad because then you know i got to meet a lot of people you know i got to be close i got to be good friends with like all the long island guys and stuff and then um and you know garrett burns and my friend gary thorpe and so like for a while my dad would like my dad and like gary's dad and garrett's dad like they would like like, on the weekends, they would, like, kind of take turns, and they'd, like, run us up to, because we lived, like, an hour and a half away from each other, so, but yeah. they would, like, run us up or down to each other's houses if, like, we weren't meeting at the races, and we'd ride each other's trails and stuff for the weekend, and then go home and go back to school and stuff, and then, you know, I would do that, too, a couple times, like, when I'd go up to Long Island to, like, I'd race at Shoreham sometimes when they were going to have nationals, so I'd, like, get some practice in at the track, and then I'd ride Seven Eleven trails yeah. with, like, all those guys, so, um, you know, it was it was good because I like kind of developed a you know, I was kind of becoming part of the community and like developing like just a good network of friends all yeah. over the all over the country already. And then, you know, once I got my license and stuff, then that just freed things all up and it just it was on from there. You know.
0: And when yeah. you started going out to Seven Eleven as deck, about the time you guys started like filming for like Trailblazing, yeah, that era, yeah, like, yeah, that's
1: that's like I was like I don't even know sixteen or seventeen. Then you look
0: really, I mean, you look really young in that yeah, video. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, so I would link up with Daryl and Tara, and like, yeah all those guys, and so that was just like, yeah that was how good. how was it
0: filming for that video? was it more like just one of those casual things you guys just had the camera out all the time, or
1: yeah, it was fun, Daryl would just film I mean my whole part is like one or two weekends, I think yeah, so it's it's just it was just us out riding really, and then, um, you know, obviously the guys that lived there he probably was able to film a lot more and get a lot more footage, but uh. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a fun thing that, yeah, it is, I th- just kids. I
0: think I remember, the first thing I think I remember seeing of you, and I don't remember, it was at a contest, and I can't remember, I can remember exactly what went down the contest, but I can't remember what spot it was, but I think, it may have been just shortly after that, it was like where you did the bar spin off, like the vert ramp into the wedge.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was the, uh, Tom's River contest. Okay. Um, and that was like a two-hip, like, meet the yeah, street Yeah, I remember there was footage like.
0: of, like, Ralph trying to 720 the box jump and, like, <laughs> spinning off
1: to the side of it and stuff. Yeah, I remember me and Garrett entered that contest. and we entered amateur, you know, whatever, expert class or yeah. whatever. And there was a pro class, but, um, I don't I, I wonder what year it was. What do you think? Maybe, like, 96, maybe? I, 96 like, or s- 7 at the very latest, yeah, you yeah. know? And, uh... <laughs> I remember us, too, because it was, like, a street contest, and we we both entered Expert or whatever, and then we watched the pro class, and those guys killed it, but, like, they were just so box-jump, quarter-pipe-oriented that we were, like, we were just, like, just bummed, kind of, you know, because there was just no variety in their riding, and, like, no, like, it was just, like, box-jump, quarter-pipe, box-jump, quarter-pipe, box-jump, quarter-pipe. They didn't use, they really, they didn't even use the rest of the course, you know, and, like, um, so, like we were just kind of bummed on that and, the, and then yeah i don't know did you guys both end up doing pretty good in the, the expert class yeah i think we won like first i, I don't know we were at, i don't remember what place yeah we, but, but we were in the top few and then um and then the next year we entered pro and like so it was cool you know because it was just like i remember us being bummed like we were just like, we should just enter pro like, yeah you know because it just pro just seemed lane to
0: us well and that almost feels like that like right around 97 was kind of like i think if you look at bmx there was almost like starting to be you know that through time there's always kind of a changing of the guard and i feel like right around 97 you were seeing some of those dudes that were coming up in like 93 92 you know stuff was starting to change you know like street riding was really starting yeah. to get like way more serious than just doing like 8 to 10 stair rails right um you know, and people were wanting to u- utilize stuff more than just a box jump and a quarter pipe at a park.
1: Well, that's a good point. I and mean, that's kind of like when street, that was the beginning of street being its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, because before that, it it just, you know, I mean, even when I started all, I just looked for like down rails and down ledges and like, you know, street has just progressed so much in the oh, past insane. 20 years that it's, it's a whole new monster is where like. It almost wasn't even back then, like, there wasn't even enough to do on street, in a sense that you could, like, just ride street. Yeah. You know, like, there wasn't enough, trick. like, I mean... I feel like the, like the homeless dudes and, like, there. Brian Castillo, like, those dudes kind of had,
0: you know, they were way more tech and ahead of things. Yeah, they were on the
1: forefront of yeah, that whole... Yeah, but then either than, that,
0: either than that, like, it just, you know, there would, like, be some dudes that rode vert that were like, oh, I'll jump on a big handrail yeah. or something, but yeah right around ninety seven I really feel like dudes were ready to take it to that next step, yeah, you mean, know, and then
1: you had you know right right behind that is you know just with Joe and Taj and roadfall, oh one. yeah, and just that it just it just took on a whole new life form around that around that time, and I mean those guys influenced me greatly, um like Roadfalls one and Joe and Taj and just seeing the stuff, and I feel like I was able to kind of like feed off of them. did you see those guys around that? That much back then? (laughs) Yeah, I remember, well, I remember the first time I ever went to a skate park was Scheimer'sville Skate Park. Oh, wow. And I went during the day, my dad took me, and I was riding, and like, I, you know, it was all new to me, so I was like, just figuring this stuff out, trying to learn double peg grinds, and jumping the spine, and, and, I mean, I had basic bike control at this point, I rode trails all the time, and and stuff, so I, I knew how to ride, but I had never ridden ramps yet, and, uh. Right when we were about to leave, Joe and Todd showed up and were just blasting the airs and blasting the spine and like the whole ramp was moving <laughs> and I was just blown away. I was blown away and I begged my dad to stay for another hour so I could watch those guys ride. And like I said, I I still can like remember just being up on the ramp and just feeling the whole thing just shift and. Like not being able to comprehend it, you know, but they would just pump. Oh, those so dudes, but those dudes, dudes
0: are like, yeah, they're such power riders, yeah. both of them. And, you know, they're not little dudes. I can just imagine, like, some 90s ramp just shaking to death, yeah. you know?
1: I was just in awe for, for real.
0: But, yeah, so you kind of j- talking about just those guys kind of taking the street to the next level, and then, you know, you guys just got done filming you know, for trailblazing, and did you find yourself, like, starting to ride street a little bit more then, or were you um, still
1: riding trails a lot more? Well, I mean, trailblazing era, I think I was, I was still riding just as much street as okay. I started yeah. by then, like, by, like, you know, I feel like there's only, like, two years where I was pretty strictly, I always rode street on some yeah. level, you know, but then, you know, like, around, when I was, like, 15, I really started to, like, when I get to travel more, and we started having, you know, we had S and M dirt bikes, and we'd put the pegs on it, and like, you know, then we, yeah, we started grinding stuff and like, right, like riding street for real. So, I, I kind of always rode street in some respect, but like, I kind of got, I don't know if it's because of where BMX was or because of just what I was seen doing, but like, I, people really didn't even know I rode street at first. It yeah. wasn't until like, seek and destroy that kind of people people realized that I rode street because. I remember Derek, Derek Adams even talked to, because people just saw me at DK Dirt Circuits. No, that's what i say. I remember yeah, you at DK
0: yeah. Dirt Circuits, and you were on Schwinn by then, right? Yeah. And I remember that. And then I remember uh, when Seek and Destroy came out, like, I was like, I was, conf- and I was just like, I thought this dude was just a dirt jumper, you know, not saying that you never rode street, but right. like where that came out at that level like and you've never heard anything about it like i was kind of blown away you know
1: yeah we were just i mean that was yeah i mean we were just doing our doing our thing and like but just people did yeah i mean whatever you know like why would they know you know yeah i mean back then there
0: was no internet or yeah the only thing we knew is because i filmed a little bit of rich hirsch for the video because he had a little split part in there and uh i just remember he talked to Derek, and Derek was telling him like this video's gonna you know open people's eyes and we're just like oh you know back then you're like okay cool man yeah, yeah. Like, we'll send you some footage um how how did you kind of get on
1: schwinn there eventually well i think it's from that i, I think I, I would go to those races and then i would ride in the dirt contests yeah. afterwards and i think john paul kind of john paul rogers kind of had his eye on me and then i like as my riding kind of got a little more refined you know i think i was like Probably the first couple of years he saw me, I was sort of a loose cannon a yeah. little bit. And then in like, was it 97 or 98, um, either way, in that era, somewhere, there was excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the DK Dirt Circuit in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I like qualified first. I think I ended up getting fifth overall. And Who was riding that contest? Do you remember? I mean, all the dudes at the time. I mean, that was also, that was kind of Doyle's, like, out... Come out like coming out party yeah like kind of he got a lot of notice at that event too he was like just starting to get hooked up and and uh yeah so i think that was a big stepping stone for both of us that event but, yeah you know all the dude fuzzy fuzzy and then oh fuzzy was like dominating stuff kind of back yeah then. yeah fuzzy and then all the dudes all the like bennett yeah bennett and then all the like standard like punjab and and ground shock and, yeah you know that whole era so um you know all the like well and the like the shl guys too you know like Bar bars and stuff and, yeah because like 98 and, or he was rolling pretty hard at the yeah, contest scenes then too yeah, for sure and so yeah so I, I did really well at that and then you know john paul asked me to ride for him and I, this, this is a this is kind of a funny story because like i wasn't all that keen on the idea of riding for schwinn you know it was it was kind of like the sellout thing oh yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. i wanted to ride for something something cool you know yeah like whatever and so I was kind of reluctant to do it. I was a little reluctant to do it in the first place. Um, but, you know, it was a great opportunity to like, they, they'd pay for travel. And, yeah. and you know, I wasn't getting paid at all at the time. Like I was just, the first deal was like, you know, free product and free travel, which I mean, free travel, hell like. That's I, almost better than sometimes getting Yeah, that's huge. You know, like I made it, took it for granted a little bit at the time, but I remember they sent me, <laughs> they sent me my bike. And, uh, first of all, I didn't really understand the concept of overnight shipping at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I talked to John Paul the one afternoon and was like, all right, I'll do it, you know? Um, and then like the next day my bike was there, but I didn't really want my bike to be there cause I didn't really want to ride it that much. Yeah, <laughs> So I was like, I was like, and then I was kind of mad because I thought John Paul had like just assumed I'd say yes and had already sent the bike out like a, <laughs> a week before because I'm just used to like, you know, you order something from Dan's cop and you got to wait a few days to get it. And you're like waiting at your doorstep for the UPS guy, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm like used to that. And then this bike just shows up instantly the next day. I'm like, you sent this out before. And then like, I didn't even put the bike together for a while. I like, cause I again i didn't really want to ride it i wanted to stay on the bike i was on so and uh, what were you riding at that time an sta i think oh nice and, yeah and uh and so i i didn't build the bike and like a week went by i was at the trails every day i hadn't built the bike yet and john paul calls me and one day and he's like he's like oh yeah like how's how's the bike running and i was like oh it's, yeah yeah it feels great it feels <laughs> great i hadn't even put together yet <laughs> And then um, he's like, oh, "Okay, well, like, someone been having some problems with the brake mount, so I just wanted to make sure it was okay." And I was like, "Oh God!" Like, so now I'm like scared. I'm gonna put this bike together, and the brake mounts aren't gonna work. He's like, "But well, I put it together everything. Went together fine." So what was what was the sh- what shoe so was it? It was a uh, El Jefe, like Joe okay, Garcia's yep. Joe Garcia's bike. And uh, and then then the funny part is too, I got the bike and I put it all together and like instantly took the stickers off. <laughs> <laughs> which is like the dumbest move like I was like you know I'm an idiot kid I don't get but everybody yeah, but back then I mean that's the thing you did with any bike you got you're like well in my head I was like in my head too I was like I, I'm like well I'll put the stickers on for the contest I don't have these corny stickers on yeah. like, the trails all the time you know were you afraid so, kind of like some of the dudes to talk shit to you or something yeah I guess you know you're just a kid you're like you know you're trying too hard to be yeah. cool at the time you know um, and uh and then I remember that's another funny one that John Paul called my called my house because at the time there's no cell phones. Oh yeah. So they called my house, you know, my dad answers the phone, and uh, John Paul is like, he's like, oh, how's man making out? How's he? How's he like the bike? He's like, yeah, he's like, he got the bike. Seems nice. He's like, but he took he took the stickers off of it. He's like, I don't think I don't think he gets it. <laughs> Oh, so like your dad threw you under the bus. out, just like that, yeah. But uh, there's some funny stories, man. I remember, Julef, like, so many funny John Paul stories. Because we're arguing with, arguing with idiot kids, you know? Like, at the time, you know, not are a kid. But we're, like, we're literally kids, you know? And, like, we're just thinking we got it all figured out. And I, I remember Julef would just spray paint his bikes just ridiculous colors, like, without taking anything apart. He just, like, I remember he he, one time he just... Spray painted it brown, just brown, yeah. the whole thing. And the argument that took place is he got like a photo doing an awesome one-footed invert on, you know, whatever. And John Paul's like, Pat, you can't just paint your bike brown. He's like, He's like, we make these colors, run one of them. They're like, I got, I got this kid calling me up. He wants the brown bike that Pat Jewel is riding <laughs> on, page 57 <laughs> of the new ride. Like, you know what the problem is, Pat? We don't make a brown bike. <laughs> But it's Thanksgiving! <laughs> That's Pat's response. Oh, my but God. But it's Thanksgiving. Of course my voice brown. That's great.
0: Yeah, I, I can only imagine some of the, the... I mean, John Paul is just... It's hilarious when he gets riled up, so... Oh,
1: yeah. It's funny.
0: So, um, yeah, so you... Doing you guys kind of doing good at those dirt circuits and cruising around, and then how did uh Seek and Destroy come about? I know Daryl was Daryl, he just kind of was filming for that again, just kind of like yeah, kind of casual to get to start off with, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, that came about. Um, Daryl, he uh, he wanted to make another video, um you know, I'd be more, more focused on it this time, less, you know, like I said, the, the one, my part was filmed in a weekend, you know, and like you said, how people didn't really know I rode street or anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely didn't. So we kind of wanted to like, you know, work on a legitimate video part. Um, And which wasn't something a lot of people were doing back then. You know, it really like people weren't, they just went out and filmed some stuff, but people didn't consciously say, Oh, we're going to film a video part. I think we kind of looked at skateboarding a little bit to like yeah inspiration to like oh well like we can I kind mean of there focus were parts but those. like you could tell some dudes would work on parts a little but you
0: know there'd be like a soup you know like a higher up dude on S&M but then there'd be dudes on S&M that you're like you it was still awesome but you could tell they were just filming at sessions too you know like where it was yeah you,
1: it wasn't they yeah, are was going different. full out you yeah, know yeah but either way we wanted to, so we wanted to make a video but then what happened was you know, this is the same, around the same time we were hanging out and riding with Derek a lot, and that's, you know, that's closer to the area I was in, like yeah. Eastern PA, so I was riding a lot of stuff out that way, and hanging out with Derek Adams a lot, and then um, that kind of, like, that's how, like, the little double team kind of shaped up, was, like, you know, me and Garrett Burns, and and uh, that whole crew, so then it, and then Julef, and so it kind of turned out that, like, a lot of the people that daryl wanted to have parts in the video ended up being little devil guys yeah so derek was like well hey i'll sponsor this video and so then you know then derek got heavily involved in the filming because i mean i was with derek a lot more than i was with daryl so i was kind of like filming with both of them but it was obviously easier for a lot of us to film with derek um and then daryl was kind of working more with like the guys on the island so um so like we kind of we filmed that and it was, I think it really was like a partnership between Derek and Daryl. you know, where they kind of both put equal effort into yeah. it. And they both sat down. I, I forget the guy's name, but I mean, this is before you could edit a video on a computer. Oh, I know how it goes. So they, yeah. sat, down, they sat down with this guy for a week straight, like yeah. all day, like a week straight editing this video and just like directing him, like where to put yeah. stuff, what music and the whole nine yards. That and stuff was so time consuming back yeah, then. It was insane, and and uh, so you know they they sat down and worked on that together, and the, the, you know the final product is what you have, you know. But it's it's a uh, you know it was it was Derek and Daryl really was like it was a partnership between yeah. the two of them to make to make that project happen. Um, Do you feel like it's like one of those videos, which I feel like sometimes stand up being the
0: best videos, where it just is like really just a group of friends just riding and pushing each other, but in your head, it's not going to turn into kind of what it ends up being. You you know, like you're like, oh, we're just filming a video with our buddies. And then, you know, that video kind of really changed BMX at that time, you know?
1: Yeah. That's, that's rad. I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, the influence and the longevity that like both, both those videos, like Seeking Destroy* and Criminal Mischief seem to have had is, is pretty cool. But it, it you know, it wasn't something like that we set out to do. We just set out to make good videos. Yeah, I mean, because it's not like it it happened organically, but it didn't happen by accident. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it it was just us out doing our thing, but we we were also we were aware that we were trying to do something right. You know, we weren't it wasn't completely just were you a guys, session. You know, it was like we were you know you know, and especially Criminal Mischief, obviously, more stuff you can destroy. But both of them, like, we were consciously trying to make a good product. Were you a guys, project? A, you know? were you
0: at that time aware, like, that the stuff you were doing, you know, not to say, like, oh, I'm better than everybody, but do, were you aware the stuff you were doing was stuff that people hadn't really
1: started doing yet? Maybe on some level. Okay. Um, but I think I just wanted to put my best foot forward, you know, so I was just, I was just kind of pushing myself and, and you know, ch- trying to do my thing. But uh, I guess to that I would say kind of yes and yes and no. I mean, um, yeah, I think I was just trying to put my best okay. foot forward. And, and uh, that's what came of it. So
0: you, you feel, so when I think of that video, like, I mean, I kind of like when I think back to the videos, um, you know, I kind of will probably in my head mix up. Both those parts a little, because you know they're both so epic. But one of the things that stands out to me in Little Devil video, the in Criminal, not Criminal Mischief, and Seek and Destroy, you know, there's your part, and then I remember, you know, you, everybody thinks of Garrett Garrett's roof j- drop. You know, uh-huh. were you there when they you get they filmed that? Yes. yes. Can you take Because that was like at that time, I, didn't, I mean, that that stuff really wasn't going on yet, and. You will look at it today and it still blow minds, you know?
1: Yeah, that was, um... Derek, that was pretty close to Derek's house. And he had, like, talked about it before. And I don't remember if we had been there. No, no, we hadn't been there. We'd just seen pictures of it. And, um... You know, Garrett saw the picture. And, and, like, Derek was just thinking one of us could ride, like, off that bottom roof. Which, even that would have been pretty rad. Especially at that time. And then saw the photo and he's like i think i could jump off the top roof you know and derek's like flat how
0: far how far up is that because i know you see something on video and then you go there and it's like
1: completely different you know it's insane i'm not even gonna try to guess the height i mean you can look at it you can watch the video and try to do the math if you want but it's high and but the craziest thing is that hill is pretty steep and that roof like when you're on the top of the roof it's totally blind like you can't see the second roof or the grass hill. Yeah. Like, so as you're pedaling at it, all you see is a field of grass. Yeah. Like, you can't see the second roof or the grass hill. So it's just, like, you're totally trusting yourself. And, um... But... So it's, it's totally crazy, and especially for that time. Um, but I still think people, today, they go to it and they'd be... They'd, oh, I'm sure. They'd be, like, it'd be insane. So... 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 But we get there and, like, we're kind of doubting him because, especially, like, at the time, like, Garrett would kind of like, he had Garrett's style and he was a rad rider, but he would talk about some gnarly stuff sometimes, but he hadn't really proven it yet. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, he yeah. hadn't really, i had not really seen him, like, like just throw down. Like, it was always, like, go outside of his comfort level. But but really, he wasn't going outside of his comfort level. He was just that good. Like, because he, he doesn't really go outside of his comfort level. It's just sometimes his comfort level is. That gnarly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I really don't think he was stressing about it. That's it, the crazy thing. When you watch thing. the
0: footage, it looks perfect.
1: I don't think he was stressed at all. Like, he he went up on the roof, and he looked at it once, and Derek was like, how's it look now, Garrett? Like, thinking he's going to be like, oh, this is gnarly. Like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, looks pretty good. And then he goes, he goes back to where he starts, and he goes, coming down. And there's only one angle of it, because I don't remember who, which angle is which, and who was who, but... The one person totally missed it because he just, he literally just, that that's how it transpired. How's it look now, Garrett? Looks pretty good. Goes to the starting point. Coming down. Starts pedaling. Perfect. Like, I wasn't even ready for him to do it. I turned around and he was in the air. I wow. Like, I was like, holy shit. He lands perfect. And then we, like, we just carried him around on our shoulders. Went home. Watched the footage, like. A couple times but you had to be careful because there's a the tape yeah you, know? you could fuck it up you know so we watched it like a couple times and then there's like, all right one more and then it goes in the fireproof safe and then, it, <laughs> and, then it, and then we watched it one more time and then the footage just went in the fireproof safe and it didn't come out until it was time to edit so, wow yeah. yeah i mean you watch that footage and it literally looks like i
0: mean he it looks like he's just cruising through like a pump track or something he yeah. lands so smooth on it
1: yes yeah, that's garrett you know what,
0: so when you were filming for that video, what was like the, the hardest trick or the one that gave you the most problems or maybe the scariest for that
1: video? Um, I mean, maybe the end or, I mean, I'm trying to think if I'm, I'm forgetting something, it's hard to remember everything, but, um, I mean there may be a couple like the ender is just the gap to rail which nowadays doesn't seem the like one over t- by redding skate park, yeah right but I, back then you know any like a gap to rail was was kind oh, of yeah. early and i don't know that i'd ever done like a full second stage like that before before then and you know I, it didn't have the best run up and the I, rail's sketchy i remember
0: but, looking at that thing yeah
1: it wasn't really the best setup a lot it's <laughs> funny when i look back on a lot of the like Quote, like first things I did, like even the first rail I did makes no sense, but sometimes I think it's just you're it's more about the moment than it is the spot, like especially back then. Now I might be a little more picky about the spot, yeah. but back then it's just like you're there and you're feeling it, and you know, it, it you're just kind of like you want to get it done, so you just you kind of like ignore that maybe the spot's not exactly perfect, and you're just like, oh, this is this is the time, you know. Like maybe there's just a camera around, like, because I mean it really is crazy. Like back then, having a camera around was kind of like a special occasion. Oh yeah, you know, like it's not like now where there's just a f- camera on every phone. It's like when you, that was kind of cool. That was special, and like, you know, making videos is just is just different then because it's just it was. There'd be
0: days like somebody would be coming to town to film, and
1: you were like. Yeah,
0: throwing all your eggs in a basket, and you're like, okay, I got to get this stuff done today. Yeah, because that's the only day the camera's plan. gonna be here.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't even that of like, oh, the good filmers here. It was just like the cameras here. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's not like like oh, this guy's a pro. He's like a professional filmer. I need my footage to look good. I can't have broke cam. Like it's like no, there's there's a camera. Like, <laughs> like you just give you you'd give the camera to whoever. I mean, even seek even criminal mischief like there's so much bro cam in that, like where you just hand the camera to whoever's there. Yeah. And like, you know, that's kind of, I mean, I'm sure if you watch it, it's not like it's some high quality production, but it's, it's held in high regard, but it's, it's a lot of It's really just that it's like just handing the camera to whoever happened to be
0: there. Was, uh, so you had the gap to second stage and wasn't that long ice grind in, uh, Philly in that part too. Nah, that was criminal. Mischief. Oh, was it criminal mischief? Um,
1: but I would say the other thing from wait no that was too um yeah I don't know yeah off the top of my head I guess for Seeking and Destroy* would just be that gap to rail I don't know maybe if I watched through it some it would trigger trigger yeah. some memory but um, that's all that's that's all that's coming to my mind at the moment
0: yeah I remember we camped me and Ty Stavicek and I, I know we ran into that day when we camped at Redding Skate Park and were both of us just like realizing that was the rail uh, like yeah. trying to find the skate park <laughs> and I was like this thing is so it, it seems so squirrely to me like. It was just like that yard rail, you yeah. know, <laughs> just just super wiggly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, after you done that, did you guys just kind of jump
1: right into filming for the second one? or um, not, not intentionally, necessarily, but uh, I guess we kind of did. Because yeah. um, at first, I mean, it's funny to think like this now, but when Seeking Destroyer was done, I felt like I just I maxed out. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Like, I was just like, that's all I... I gave it everything. That's yeah. all I got. Like, you know, like, you know, I was obviously young and that's a silly way to think, but that's how I thought at the time. I was like, I was like how am I going to do, how am I going to top that? What would Schwinn think like, when that video I, came out? I gave it everything I had. Um, yeah, I think they were psyched. I think I kind of started to like, you know, develop a sort of a reputation that maybe they didn't expect. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how aware John Paul was about me riding street. You know, yeah. maybe he had some kind of clue. I, I don't know, but I definitely don't think well, I mean, I don't think any of us myself I don't think expected to to kind of go in the direction I did fully, you know, like it it, it was awesome. So um yeah, I, I don't know. I think they were just stoked. You know, like yeah. but but at the same time I think there's I think John Paul was stoked, you know, but Schwinn, I just, I mean, is a big company. I think they were just like, yeah, we pay riders to do their job. This guy's doing his job. You know, like, it always seemed weird. Because they connect it with, like, a big company like that connects it with awards. Like, they probably didn't really care about Seek and Destroy. They cared that I was on a stage with a Norica. Yeah. You know, that's that's what they cared about.
0: Did it feel to you, because it always kind of felt to me when I'd look at the Schwinn team back then, that there was almost, like, two teams. It was like... You, Wiz, Julif. I'm, I know there was, there was two, people. and then there, you know, and then it's like, Jay and Asato,
1: and it's like, you never really saw you guys, like, intermingle that Well, much. it was separate, it was fully separate. Oh, it was? It was, like, separate budgets, separate teams. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, like, like, John, that was the, that was the freestyle team, was like, Jay and Dave, and all that, like, Pat, those Pat, guys. Pat Miller yeah, and stuff. That was the, considered the freestyle team, and then we were the BMX team, so, like, basically all the racers and dirt jumpers were on, we on the BMX team, and all the the freestylers were on the other team. And like Pova ran the freestyle, and and John Paul, oh, okay. John Paul ran the BMX side. Um, yeah, and it was it was totally separate separate situations, separate budgets, everything. And then, I mean, I don't know. Then maybe I started to like. I was still on the BMX team the whole time, but maybe it got confusing when I started to like do well in park contests and stuff. And like, I don't know if that was confusing for them, but it didn't seem to be. But but, uh, you know, originally, like, I was put on as a dirt jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, well, I mean,
0: it seems like BMX in general at that time, everything was just, even, you know, everything was blending together. It wasn't so cut and dry with, like, you're a freestyle guy. Yeah. You're a dirt jumper. I mean, especially, like, that time in, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, so many people, like, you. Mo- most dudes then would ride almost everything you put in right. front of them. You know, if you were like, hey, we're going to do the trails today. Cool. We're going to go ride a park day. Cool. You know,
1: it, yeah. it, everybody kind of has Which had is that. cool. Like, I kind of preach that a lot lately because I hate seeing how, um, you know, segregated people's riding is sometimes. And it's just, I, I would get super bored if I only rode one kind of thing. Yeah. So I like, I kind of like to promote and like to celebrate guys who are really well-rounded, all-around riders. And guys who just can have fun on anything, even more so than being good at it guys that can enjoy it or at least like have tinkered around with it enough to like offer something and yeah. have have a good time at any aspect of riding because I'd get super bored if I only rode street or only rode dirt or park or like whatever it may be. It's like I, I have to mix it up or I don't think I would be interested. And I mean, maybe that's true for a lot of guys because I mean, you know, you do see that. You see guys just kind of like disappear and maybe that's why. You know, maybe they just, they don't, enjoy it enough or don't enjoy like an all around aspect of it enough to like keep it interesting for him i don't know i
0: feel like the all around thing definitely helps keep your longevity too you know like just keeps you riding more you know like where you're yeah. like you don't
1: you can't you can just be a part of more things which yeah is putting you out there more which is you know allowing you to you know, just allowing you to keep it keep it going and keep you know it's keep the dream alive, really. I mean this is a dream it really is a dream come true to be riding a bike for a living. It's like oh, yeah. to be able to do it as long as I have, I just feel I super lucky, you know? Because it's like isn't you don't see definitely beating the odds, you know, and it's like that's it's a good feeling and it's good to have like good people behind me too that are like, you know, I all the companies I ride for, they're they've been in BMX a long time and they get it, you know. Yeah. So it's not like they're not looking at, they know where I stand, they know what I offer, and they're not like, like I said, they're not like Schwinn in the early days, where they're just looking at like, results and, and these kind of things, you know, it's like they, they understand, they understand it, so it's good, It's, it's like, and I think that feeds to the longevity too, you're not just, you're not just a, you know, you're not totally just a number, you actually like, there's some sort of like, personal relationship there and and it's like you you care about the brand and they care about you it's not just like how many bikes are you selling like i mean that's obviously part of it it's a business that's why but like you know it's not just that and that's that's good
0: no it definitely is i mean it's like and i mean yeah it it's kind of cool nowadays that you are seeing dudes like you and like brian and dudes that you know, I feel like kind of like in the era when we, you know, when you started riding and me a little bit before you, you know, when dudes hit like 24, or 25, they just were, you know, nixed from the whole map. And nowadays it's like, you know, there's plenty of people that are riding and staying older riding that can appreciate, you know, what, I mean, I can appreciate what you do on your bike because, you know, I rode street. I know how hard this stuff is and and I'm older. So I know with injuries and stuff, how stuff gets. And I, I was, I think I've joked with Alan before, I always say, like, when you start riding BMX, you have a power meter, like, in a video game. Yeah. And, you know, like, it just kind of gets nixed down. And there gets to a point where, you know, like, mainly with, like, street riding where you're just like, I can't get myself to, you know, like, the blackout, the zone out. Right. To get myself to do this move. I can't get myself into that tunnel vision. Right. And I'm like, man must just be picking up extra mushrooms along the way. <laughs> because he's still got it going. And it, it it's it's impressive to me because like, you know, I broke my leg like a few years ago and like really bad. And I know you had a bad leg break too. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, I can't even bunny hop the same way I used to. So it's like, you know, I, I can't really get myself into that same zone that I used to when I, I'd ride street. And then, you know, I, I remember when you had your, your last leg break and then seeing you come out with that fit part, like, it's just
1: impressive to me that you can still put yourself, you know, out there at, at that level, you know? No, it felt it definitely felt good to come back from that one because I think you know you, yeah, it's it's a bad injury and you you know you kind of question why you're doing things. You maybe you doubt yourself a little bit and then you kind of wonder if other people are doubting you and then you you kind of want to prove you want to prove to yourself that you you can still do it. You know, I think I just did like a little thing with Stu about about this that hasn't been out yet, but like the one my like my first clip and. In uh, Holy Fit, uh, you know, I just slammed super hard, and, like, both my wrists... That was, like, one of the first scary things I tried since I was back from my leg. Yeah. And I just got... Was it the manual down the rail? Yeah. And I just got destroyed, and, like, both my wrists were super jacked. I still can't believe I didn't break one of them. Yeah. I couldn't ride for a month after that, but I got back up and was totally, like, freaking out and playing head games with myself, but I just was so like wanted to prove to myself that like I wasn't like I still had it you know like I still had that like so I like kind of forced myself to do it and it was you know it felt really good but it was just like this like internal struggle with myself to like kind of prove that that I was still me you yeah. know that I hadn't lost like that like you said that power up or whatever no, you know it's like,
0: totally like I feel like it's a power bar you know and it's like yeah it's, Time goes on, it just gets nixed away from... You know, it's like... It's
1: almost like a little bit of like a... Sort of a... Masculine jockman... Like, you know, like... You know, it's like this battle you have with yourself. It's just like you don't want... You don't want that to win. Or you don't want to feel like you're you're not you anymore. Yeah. So you're like... You're kind of... I don't know. I don't know. It, it it's is hard, hard to explain, but it's just...
0: No, I get it. And it's hard, too. Because as you get older... You know, Father Time, he he wins everything, and you know you're just playing that game with him. Yeah. You know, you're like, how long are you going to be able to push it? And I mean, when that part came out, it, I mean, like, it, I was really psyched. So, thank you. Um,
1: no, I think that part means like probably more than like criminal mischief or really destroying me to me because, um, it was it was. A much more conscious effort, like I was really psyched because I still can't believe that it happened because it was like a five year process like you know fit kind of had you know things a lot of things had changed over there um you know for the, for the better you know looking back, but you know it was it things were there was a mix up and uh so we were kind of trying to reestablish ourselves yeah. and figure some things out and And I, you know, I was real motivated to kind of prove that, that we were still us and like we were still there. And so we were doing a lot of trips and we were kind of just putting out little trip edits and things like that. And I I really wanted to do a full length and I wanted to do it because some of the past fit project had been such a clusterfuck, um, with like who's filming it, who's editing it. And it just would get kind of like done really quick, um, and be confusing. I was like, man, I want to work with someone who's as passionate about this project as I am. Yeah. You know, which is really like the last time I had done that was on a full length was criminal mischief, you know? So, um, you know, I was really, Stu had been doing some stuff for fit and then I just really started pushing like for us to do a full length and I, and, uh, and then we just, we started chipping away at it. We would like kind of work on other projects, but kind of save some of the banger clips as we went and then, as the as a couple, as a year or so went by, then it's like, all right, now we're gonna really just focus on just the video. Like, yeah. you know, we're going on a trip to film for the video, and um, and I wanted to film the best part I could. Like, I I wanted to just I wanted to give it 110, you know, and that's that's what I did, you know. And then I was pretty much couldn't film for a year of that because of my leg, and yeah. And, but luckily, I was kind of glad too because I kind of got a head start. So like. I kind of started a little earlier than some of the guys so that helped me a lot when I got hurt because I'd already kind of got like a foundation and 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 uh like a lot of the clips like I was I just watched it the other day because like Ride posted it up and and I realized that like my last four clips I think were before my leg oh really like, yeah like
0: I think um like your, even your ender the double to the double. ender was like a really
1: early one that was super early. wow yeah that was like um in memphis and i looked at that a couple times over a handful of years and wanted to do it a couple times went there to do it a couple times but it didn't work out and or like because we got kicked out or um other circumstances so but uh then when we were in that area on that trip i I went and it, it worked out like but that was pretty early on in the filming uh but but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely got a lot of good ones after the leg break, too, you know, like the Salt Lake City gap to rail, oh my God,
0: that when like you some, dude, some that gap to rail, I remember going up there, seeing that with Mikey once when I was filming like for a, a scene report down there, you know, and it that the video doesn't give that gap to rail justice i mean that that is some high speed it's a big gap,
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah, so, sorry to Timmy out on you on that no, one, but that that, that that gap to rail, I remember watching the video, seeing you do that gap to rail, and I think I was just, like, swearing out loud because I knew exactly
1: the spot, you know? That one was cool, too. That's a cool story, also, because I, I was in, uh, we, we got to Salt Lake City, and, uh, uh, we went kind of spot hunting and I, I saw it and I was like, Oh my goodness. But I, I hadn't really committed to the idea of doing it yet, you know? And I, but I took a picture of it. It's heavy, man. You know, like I like to do that now. Like I see a spot that I like want to stew over. I'm not as spontaneous of of a rider as I used to be like with the, with the scary stuff. I like I like to think over it a little little more and like go back the next day if I really want it. Um, but so I took a picture of it and then, um, I get a text from Kaczynski and he's like, Hey, are you in Salt Lake City? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, what's up? And he's like, like, Hey, I got something that you need to handle for me. He's like, he's like, I got, there's something I want to do, but I couldn't try it f- for whatever reason it was. I don't remember. And, and, uh, I doubt it was cause he was scared though. Cause it's Kaczynski, but I think, I think maybe he got kicked out or something. It, it and, seems like a high bust area. Yeah. And, and he's like, I, I, you, I got something you need to handle for me. So am like, I was like, and I text him. I was like, "Is it this?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> and and uh, and then like from then, I was like, "I gotta do it. I gotta do it for Kaczynski." And then um, it just took on. So then I kind of. Then the next day, I went and and uh, it, I got it done. And I just like texted him back a winky face, and he's just like, "Yes." <laughs> was it first try? Yeah, I mean, wow. I don't. You don't really get like. I mean, other than maybe slipping a pedal or something. I don't know that you really... Yeah,
0: that's the only thing I think. It's like, you know, maybe just getting a weird lean on that thing yeah. and kind of stomp well, a stomp a
1: That's what I was scared of because it was... The rail is kind of long in, in that sense. So I was afraid I would get that weird lean yeah. or something and end up having to, like, do some sketchy bail-off or, like, high-speed scary bail-off. But I was going so fast that the rail didn't even feel long because I was going so fast. Yeah. You know, so I just landed and was off it before, like... Like, if you were just hopping on that rail normal, it would be one of those kind of long ones where you might get, like, your balance off and have to yeah. jump off or pull off early onto the stairs. But I was going so fast that I was, like, on it and off of it before I could even, like... Before I could even think about anything, <laughs> you know? it's just, like... So, yeah, it was, that worked out. Yeah, that I tried to. And then we saw, too, it was, like... It, it felt good because I think quite a few heavy guys had looked at that spot. Like, I know Rob Wise had looked at it and... And, uh, we got there actually, and there was a market sticker on it and we're like, Oh yeah. shit. Like, and so I was like, totally, I was already ready to go, you know? And like Stu called Christian and was like, Hey, did, uh, did someone do this? Did one of you guys do this gap to rail? Cause like, he's like, Oh no. Well, like I kind of wanted to do it, but like was kind of beating around the bush a little bit. Like maybe one of them still like Rob or Christian still wanted to try it. Yeah. And Stu's like, well, the cameras are set up and Van's at the top of the stairs. Did anybody do this? <laughs> and he's like, no, tell me to get it. Hell yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, it was cool. It was cool, like, that all those guys kind of, it seemed like they had my back on it too. Like, it seemed like there was, like, a few dudes that are, like, ride in that style that were, like, had their eye on it, but they all seemed, like, really pumped when I did it. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like anybody was, like, mad about it or anything. They're like, Yes, that got done and we're glad it was Van that did it. And yeah. Like, so that felt cool that they were like those you know, people I respect like, you know, were kinda of have my back and were stoked for me on that. Yeah.
0: how oh, that that thing's epic. Um you you yeah. wanna step back a little and like talk about like the your signature frame, like the mean streets and everything when you when you were on Schwinn? I know that a few people were like asking about it and stuff and Yeah, sure. Um Um how'd that come about? Um can we take a break? Can I? Pee? Yeah, go here. I'll pause. <laughs> um just jumping back a little. Do you want to How did uh, the the Schwinn Mean Streets frame come about? And, like was that during criminal mischief or was it before?
1: Yeah, I guess uh that was before um definitely way yeah, well before. But uh cuz I think I just from the when I first got on Schwinn, I kind of like built up like a lot of momentum pretty quickly yeah um so i kind of went it happened pretty fast kind of just being and maybe it was seeking and destroy that did that yeah but i kind of went from being just this unknown kid to being like you know winning nor cup and stuff like within a relatively quick time so yeah it, it was and then like you know kind of working with losi and those guys a lot with like right getting a lot of photos and ride and stuff so it, it happened for me pretty fast so, um, you know, then I guess, I don't know, I guess that probably was John Paul's call to like, and talk to Schwinn about like working on a frame with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, did you have the full say in what went into it or? Yeah, yes and no. Um, I definitely had a lot of say and a couple times, I mean, I was a stubborn kid, so I kind of had to even, I don't know how I would I don't know. I approached it in the sense of like, I want what I want or I don't want a frame. Like, because there was one point where they were trying to make me do a couple things because they were like Schwinn trademarks or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't want it. Like, I was like, if you're going to make me do that, I, I don't want, then don't, just don't give me a bike. You know? And yeah. I was like, kind of a little cocky too. And I, I don't know, maybe I was just lucky enough to be able to get away with it at the time. But, um, yeah, just kind of, just kind of flexing a little bit like, and, but I guess, I mean, it wasn't really even that I kind of meant it, you know, it wasn't like it was, I was calling their bluff or something. Like it was, I don't, mm. if, if this is the bike that's going to have my name on it, I don't want it to have yeah. a name on it, you know? So, um, that kind of happened with a couple of things and, you know, but overall it was, it was the bike I wanted when it came out. So, and I was able to have who I wanted make it. So it was American made. I was able to pick the welder. And so, it, oh, wow. yeah, like even to that level. So, um that was pretty cool um I still haven't gotten paid for any of them so if anybody really <laughs> I never got my royalties for those like they filed like they ended up like they still owed me that check when i when i left and then and, and then they immediately after they filed chapter eleven because the way that happened was um they're making too much uh beer and went out of business. they were making too much beer
0: i <laughs> i think John Paul made a joke that. Schwinn was spending so much money, they had their own craft beer and everything. Mm. But, yeah, bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> they, uh,
1: they, um... What were we talking about? The, the, Your frame and... Oh, the, like, when I back left back. there, like, it was weird because stuff was getting weird over there. And, like, maybe some of the people saw the writing on the wall. I mean, obviously I didn't know Yeah, that stuff was going bad. But, um, it, it, a lot of stuff was just weird and... One of the weird things for me, like, what kind of made me want to leave was, like, like I said, I had kind of gained some, a lot more notoriety than, than just being the unknown kid, the unknown dirt jump kid. Yeah. Came within a relatively quick time. So, I talked to him about, you know, renegotiating my contract and, like, sign on, like, in trade for, like, signing on for a couple more years and stuff like that. And, And, uh, they were open to it, but... I don't know if this was a tactic, or and this wasn't John Paul at all. This was this was the uppers, so yeah. this has nothing to do with him. But um, I don't know if this was was uh, a tactic or what. But they're like, oh yeah, we can renegotiate your contract. We can we can do this for you. He's like, they're like, but we're gonna have to like they they insinuated or maybe even directly said that they would be dropping Whiz or maybe some other guys too, like to like make up for like my oh like, what they were giving me. And They knew you guys were like close too, right? I, I don't know, like they played dumb, but I don't know i I still I'll never know like if oh, it was weird if it was some kind of weird strategy or if they were just that naive to think I wouldn't care like like oh you're gonna give me more money but you're gonna fire my one of my good friends like oh cool like no like so I was like, um uh no thanks like i'm i I, I won't renegotiate now i'm gonna I'm gonna just continue to write out my contract and I'm gonna explore my options at the end of the year like so that's when like I started talking to fit. Um, and uh, and Fit was still pretty brand new then, right? Yeah, and I even like called, and then like I said, like that's when I started talking to Fit. Yeah, it was brand, it had been like when I got on Fit, it was around for a year, you know. So like, did you get on Fit two thousand two? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like Mikey, Mikey was already on. Yeah, you know, it was the core team. Yeah, it was you know? like, like Edwin, but, Justin, Mikey. But even Edwin wasn't like one of the dudes yet. You know, <laughs> like Edwin was still like. Like, he was getting, I mean, he was part of it, but I don't think Edwin was even officially one of the pro dudes yet. I think it was still just, like, or maybe it was just, maybe me and him, like, kind of happened around the same time. Maybe he got bumped up around the same time I got, like... What was the OG? It was, like,
0: Robbie, Nate Hansen, Mikey... Foster. And just well, Justin, and I feel Justin and Edwin were, like, those super yeah. new dudes then,
1: so I don't know if they were,
0: like, pro or... yeah.
1: But either way, yeah. I, I started talking, I started uh, talking to them, and then I even, like, stuff got so weird over at Schwinn, and I think it was because they were about the file chapter, I mean, I didn't know that, but I was yeah. just like, this shit's weird, it's, like, I'm not into it anymore, like, so I called them, I was like, hey, can I get out of my contract, like, I want to, I want to do this fit thing, and, uh, they just kind of, they didn't really even acknowledge my calls at first, um, and then, like, uh... They might have like just beat around the bush and told me no or something like it, at some point in there. And then a couple of months went by and then I got a phone call and uh, it was one of the higher up guys at Schwinn. They're like, hey, you're the first guy we're calling because you're going to be the only one that's not totally bummed to hear this news. <laughs> and they're like, we're, you know, we're following chapter 11 bankruptcy. Like the whole program's done, you know. And oh, I was wow. Like, he's like, you're free to ride for fit, you know. And I was like, so I was, you know, I was stoked. So they only did your frame for like about a year, didn't they? Yeah, it was a pretty short run. I don't know. Maybe like 200 frames were made, something like that. But it it did well. They all sold. It's it's kind of a shame because it's one of those things. I think both my like Airwalk shoe and my Schwinn frame were both um, kind of in this realm where I don't think, I think they did, they both did better than they expected. But it was right so, at the like, end. So it was like, well, first of all, yeah, the, <laughs> both brands were sinking. Yeah. You know, like with, like my you know my measly like i mean it was doing good for a bmx product but yeah. these brands were bigger than bmx so like some a good selling bmx frame isn't going to change oh, yeah, the yeah. direction of how 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 a company as big as schwinn or airwalk was doing at the time you know and so, those were monster
0: companies at that time yeah they
1: were huge companies at the time and and uh like but a lot of the stuff they had done before i don't think they were used to that they just did relatively well, and I don't think they a lot of the products they had done before that in BMX had, you know, yeah. so, so I think they kind of, it would, took them by surprise, and maybe they, like, didn't meet the demand because they, like, weren't prepared for it, you know, and then and then it just went away anyway, so it's it whatever, you know, but, um, you know, everything ended up... Do you still have, like, a frame and a pair of shoes? Yeah, I, kept, I have all the souvenirs. That's so good. I have, I kept, like... I am. Um, yeah, I have a brand new mean street frame, and I have, like, brand new pairs of I mean, of I'm shoes. into
0: the vintage stuff, and I know that's, like, more mid-school. It's not quite vintage yet, but mm-hmm. that era, I mean, I know people, there. there's dudes just hunting for mean street frames, you I know? I just sold one on eBay. I saw... Here... Okay, I saw that, and, you know, like, I sell vintage stuff, like, a lot. Did I blow it? it. You blew it? it, because you never posted anything saying you were going to sell it or anything. I did on my Instagram. I I looked, and I was like, why didn't Van promote... Like, you could have blown, you, I mean, this is just me thinking money.
1: If you had promoted that thing <laughs> a little more, I, I don't know. I was just like, I, I also feel corny to like promote it too much. You know? I know, but it, I, I was just like,
0: one of the guys in town was bidding on it and he missed it by like two minutes. Uh, like, I don't know. I was just like, holy shit. It, it, Cause it's the one you filmed Criminal Mischief on, right? Yeah, it was one of the bikes I rode. Yeah, that's Criminal crazy, Mischief. man. Yeah, that bike will be one day. Like it's it's crazy thing, but one day that bike will be like, you know, some. It'll be worth money, you yeah, know. That's funny. I got Vic Murphy's frame from the one foot tabletop photo and ride. That's
1: crazy. That's
0: cool. You know that. I mean, that's just a whole another aspect. I think of BMX is like you know some dudes get older, they get just more into the collecting thing and stuff. You know, and Well, it,
1: I've just been cleaning house. Like I like I said, I'm trying to move soon and stuff, so I'm trying to limit the stuff I have. Yeah, but, but I have. I still have plenty of memorabilia, like the stuff that's important to me. Like I said, I still have a brand new mean street frame. I have yeah. like my two fit frames that really mean a lot to me. I have two brand new ones of those. Um, and then i have like all the shoes, like all the signature shoes I've had, like, you know, even that, I feel like I could scale back cause there's like every colorway, yeah. you know, like, but I still, I hang onto those and I have like all old race t-shirts. I like scaled back like all the race trophies to the ones that actually mattered. Um, you know, so just, just hanging on to all that old, like, the, the nostalgic stuff. All the videos that mattered, and all the magazine stuff, and so, yeah, definitely. It can probably
0: become a lot of stuff. What's that? It can probably become a lot oh, of stuff. Oh, it is, it is,
1: and that's why I've, I've been, like, purging like crazy. I've been getting rid of so much stuff out of my attic, and like, and not just BMX stuff, like, just stuff in general, but, yeah. but a lot of it is BMX stuff. Like, I had all my VHS and DVD collections, and just... <laughs> All that stuff went to Trey Jones. So he, like, he, like, bought all my, like, old VHS tapes. He hit and, me up. He's like, I'm looking for these ones. You got these ones? And yeah. I'm like, I can check for you. And then I just sent him a random the other day. I just, because he was so stoked on all this stuff, I was like, getting rid of all these DVDs, too. And I just sent the box to him. I was like, hey, what's your address? And so I just sent him a bunch of DVDs, too. Like, I just, stopped, I just don't need all that. It just clutters my house. And it's just stuff to lug around if I'm going to try to move, especially because I don't even know, like, where I want to head next, uh, I might even just float or, like, get a camper or something for a yeah. while. So, I don't really... W- I want to have, like, minimal stuff because I'm going to have to store it somewhere, and, you know. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, that... No, I know that stuff can bog you down, so... Um, when you guys... you le, Do you want to talk about, like, the kind of Little Devil at its peak? Because it seemed like, you know, in the early 2000s, like, Little Devil was, like when you guys were doing the video and stuff, I mean, it was such like a, you guys, that whole team was like just, you guys had it rolling. It felt like it was just like a monster team. You guys, you know, every project you did was just awesome. How how was it like kind of being involved in all that stuff?
1: It was fun. I mean, it just, it, I was fairly young and I think we were just, we were just stoked. So it, it, it was just happening, you know, it it really just happened organically. And I don't know, like, you know, obviously, like, I was riding hard, I'm sure Derek was working hard to, like, get the, get the brand, like, you know, off to a start, but, uh, it, it, it kind of happened quick, you know, and, like, yeah, it blew up fast, you know, it, so it, next thing you know, you know, we got warehouse ramps, and it's, like, it seems like it's going well, but, you know, it, it, it rose and fell pretty quick, too, you yeah. know, it was, like, it just couldn't sustain it, you know, with, like, you don't know that then, because you're just, like, you like oh this is killing it we're killing it you know like and but yeah you know, i just I, I don't know i just don't think it was really realistic i mean i think it was a combination of of things that that led to the demise but but at the end of the day it's just not especially with a t-shirt brand yeah. essentially and a t-shirt brand in BMX essentially it's like on top of it it's not it's just not sustainable like the stuff that like was was getting sold and the way it was happening so it's like a lot of money started going out and then it just wasn't coming in anymore so yeah yeah kind of crashed and burned but uh yeah i think it's good i think i'm psyched for derek now like i feel like he's got like his life and his business like an imaginable place where he's happy again because i think for a while like it just that's stressful when you got something built up and then it's not easy to just like shrink it down overnight you know yeah like so he had like all that stress of just he you know he couldn't he couldn't sustain what he had the monster he had created you know and that's <clears throat> that's not easy to deal with so was um
0: what what was like c- trying to remember you know some of the stuff the little devil did I, for some reason just the orchid road trip video keeps popping up in my head um but yeah, I mean, how how was it going out and filming for that second video? Like, did you guys... For Criminal Mission?
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, that just kind of started, like, um, we had gotten, me and Garrett were getting that, uh, like, a dual interview and ride. Yeah, yeah. And, uh so that's kind of You how, guys
0: went in on that interview.
1: That's kind of how Criminal Mission started, because we weren't really, like, planning to film for another video, but obviously we were doing stuff, so we were it, you know, but... Um, and then, you know, Garrett tried that bleacher gap and I tried that roof gap and that, you know, that just kind of got the ball rolling. And then, and then it was just like, we kind of pretended like we weren't going to work on another video, but we were young and and motivated and we just started going out and then footage just started stacking up. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, we're doing some, we're going to do some shit, you know? Yeah. And, And that was even a more conscious effort than Seek and Destroy where it was like, you know, I didn't want to have like any stock rail clips and like I wanted to do stuff that people hadn't done. And it's just like a more progressive mindset and a more deliberate mindset to it, you know, like, and, you know, we were kind of aware that not a lot of people had just like gone out and like filmed real, real videos, you know, it was like, you know, maybe domination at the time or something was like the only people doing that. And like, I don't know, we were kind of just like, we can do it. I mean, it might be kind of like a jock mentality in BMX, but we're like, we can do this better. Yeah, you know, like we, and it wasn't. I don't think it came from like a really, a competitive place necessarily. Like maybe in a way, but more of like a someone. Someone needs to do this right. Yeah, you know, like we'd watch Welcome to Hell, like, and that's just such a cool video, you know. And you're just like escape video, and you're just like. BMX and needs this, you know. Yeah. Like we need to, we need to be this cool. Like why aren't we this cool?
0: Yeah, no, I'm. It was crazy. Yeah, that that was a weird time, especially for videos, because it is kind of like right when. I mean, there was videos like you know, Parks definitely made some awesome videos before mm-hmm. that time and stuff. But you know, I feel like there was a conscious place in like a few parts of the country where people were like really kind of getting serious about making videos, and the quality was going up. And you know it it was getting gnarly at the time, you know? Yeah. And street riding was definitely taking a jump to where you I mean, you definitely with the, you know, ledge manuals and the rail manual in Philly and stuff, like I mean, you, you definitely sped things up. It felt like 15 years at that time, you know? Um that rail man was that rail the big rail manual was it in Philly? Yes. Yes. what was that just a had you looked at that before or was that more spontaneous
1: uh no i i looked at that before i'd done the one in seeking destroy i did the one like right around the corner it's a much smaller one yeah and then you know i talked about trying that one um and then losi was in town to shoot a poster and so it was like all right just you just know, do it Just try it <laughs> so.
0: when, when you know like we talked about it earlier like you know kind of you know, how you, like, kind of blank out or focus on that that stuff, like, when you go to do that, are you, like, a person that easily snaps into it, or do you, does it take you a minute to, like, kind of get that focus for, like, something that's, you know, when you're going in to do a gnarly trick?
1: Uh, I mean, I feel like I can do it quick, like, I don't, once I've made up my mind I'm going to try something, then I usually don't do a lot of run-ups or anything, like, I can go, I can say, you ready, okay, come and Because yeah. like, i I've already like prepared myself once i once I get to that point, but uh I definitely you know I definitely get nervous when I'm trying something scary, and I have like weird little things that like like I kind of like to focus and like if there's like too much going on around me, it like distracts me like you yeah. know even just like pedestrians or like people talk, and I feel like I've gotten worse with that like in in as the years have gone on uh where I like, like less distractions even more so than then, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It depends. I mean, it depends on what you're asking exactly, I guess, like, in a sense. Like, I feel like I can, I can if it's time to go, I can go. Yeah. You know, like, if, but it uh, doesn't mean I don't need, like, time to think about and kind of, like, prep myself for what I'm going to try, but I don't need to do it at the spot, yeah. necessarily. You know, like, I can... I can get myself prepared somewhere else and then ride over to, you know, just like that gap to rail we were talking about earlier. That's one, you know, it's like, and like the the Philly rail manual and Holy Fit as well, it was like, you know, we knew we wouldn't get a lot of time. So it was kind of like, you guys go set up, tell me when you're ready. I'll warm up over here and I'm going to come through, give it one look and go, you know, because yeah. like, you know, we're not going to have time to like, be dicking around, and me doing run-ups, looking at this thing, going, I don't know, yeah, 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 yeah. all right, you ready, oh, oh, wait, no, okay, no, not that one, all right, oh, oh, all right, I'm coming, oh, no, you know, like, (laughs) that whole, that whole, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, like, show, so it's like, well, and that's the
0: thing, it's like, when you get into that zone, you know, you haven't, you haven't clicked, because I always tell people, I go, the trick starts when you pedal away from the rail, you know, I feel like that's when the trick starts, you know, it's not jumping on the rail, it's like once you pedal away from it that first time, knowing that you're gonna come back and hit it, the trick starts the minute yeah. you pedal away from it. You know, and some sometimes it's just harder to snap into that that focus area on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you need to sneak out, use the restroom again? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. You got the piano? <laughs> <laughs> um You're just the you're just the <laughs> music guy tonight. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Uh, you. W- Did that throw you off. It threw me off the a Hello little. Kitty the piano. Hello Kitty piano <laughs> threw me off a little. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like? I feel like there's maybe like a little era like after you're done filming for those videos that it always just seemed like you and. Bob and a few of those dudes were just like on epic missions to go, just ride crazy stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was rad. I mean, it, we just we're we just wanted to explore, you know. We wanted to explore explore the country and explore new spots. I mean, at that time, a lot of people weren't. We were like kind of really set on finding just interesting, unique like training spots and stuff like that, and you know that wasn't like a huge thing at the time. And, yeah. And, uh, um, and I mean, I was lucky. Like I was. I was living in a house where my rent was like two hundred dollars a month, and I was making decent, like legit money, like a like a grown up would. Yeah. <laughs> but I had bills like a kid would, so it was like I had just play money, and I would I would just be like, Bob, let's go on a road trip. He's like, I'm broke. I was like, No, you're not. I got money. Like and I would just yeah. take him, feed him a Cracker Barrel, and get him a and <laughs> You know, it's just like I just wanted someone to go on a trip for that shared that like that same spirit yeah know, I was just stuck to, to be on the road so yeah we, we, um, we would do that and then at one point like during that era like I tore my ACL which sucked because then like remember Corey had just Martinez had just come out and then he kind of ended up like tagging along with those guys a lot like him him, Bob and Wiz ended up doing a lot of trips and I kind of got like I was home healing up an ACL so I kind of got like left behind on some of those yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no that was a good yeah, was, they were good times you know all those all those old road trips like those guys those guys had some good ones too so
0: do you do any of those trips or any of those spots stick out in your mind that just that you know were um, either too epic of a spot or something uh,
1: crazy that happened on one of those trips definitely spots like just like Lubbock and and uh all those like old training spots yeah like lobbock and uh you know the the, the still there today, like, the Chattanooga Spine, and, like, going to stuff like that was just awesome. We were, like, just starting to, like, just hit the road and explore all that shit, so it was, was like, um, it was rad. I remember, uh, you know, when Bob figured out where Lubbock was.
0: And that's the, was that the library with all the tranny spots, or
1: yeah, all the crazy. There's like a he called it the secret city. You know, it's basically trannies everywhere. Like yeah, the campus had trannies, and then the whole Buddy Holly Memorial had trannies. Yeah, and um, we, me and Wiz, went out to that the the first time I went to that. We were in Dallas, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Dallas. There was a a B3 contest, like one of those ESPN contests, and. Uh, we were there for Schwinn, and we skipped practice. Skipped practice. I rented a car and we drove six hours to Lubbock. <laughs> was it six or four? Was I dunno. I'll I'll somewhere in there. Let's yeah. just say even four, I don't know. But
0: it was a drive that's long enough to where you're like, we're in the car for a minute.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking I'll say four, whatever, I don't know. But so we we skipped practice, rented a car, drove Four hours, rode the banks for like, rode the trainees for like two hours, and then drove four hours back, and then got up the next morning and just had like a little bit of practice right before the contest, and then, I don't think I did that great in that one, but Wiz, that's Wiz's claim to fame, because he beat both Jay Miron and Dave Miron in that contest. Really? He made finals, and like both Jay Jay and Dave choked, and like Wiz made finals and beat both of them. That's crazy. He still brags about that. I would. I would.
0: (laughs) I always I brag for Bruce for winning the X Games. Sometimes he'll be hanging. I'm like, yeah, this guy Bruce won the X Games. You know,
1: that's pretty crazy.
0: Uh, so now it feels like nowadays, it You feels like you spend a lot of time between like, you know, your home base and down down in uh, Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: well my uh, my girlfriend Sophia, she lives. Uh, well, she lives up near me now but up until just recently she lived down in richmond virginia so i would uh drive down there quite often and uh you know i've really just come to be fond of that area i love it i love that city I, i love that city i love the scene so it's like it's just richmond someplace i'm really stoked on and like love hanging out there so you know i've gotten to be like you know me and Crandall are old friends we've been friends for a long time but being down there a lot we've gotten even closer and so a lot of Just a lot of good things coming out of that town, for sure, Um, and a place I like being a part of. It's, again, that same vibe, like I was talking about earlier with, like, our warehouse spot recently, like, where you just, like, it's just good people, good scene, and it just gets you pumped to want to be a part of BMX and go out and ride, like, it doesn't feel forced, everything just kind of happens, you know?
0: I mean, that's the best thing, it's just, like, I think that's why everybody, you know, rides in the first place, you just, like, find a group of dudes, and, you know, it's have fun on the bike and the adventures that you know it brings so
1: yeah doubt.
0: um here you want to answer a few of the questions that we've gotten on instagram sure let's do it i know bruce bruce was chomping at the bit to have you answer a question so here let, let me pull them up really quick all right we'll, we'll just scroll through them and see what we got here there's a lot of them all right this guy, Andreas Johnson, wants to know what your favorite trick and spot is.
1: My favorite trick and spot. I mean, that's like, that's kind of an impossible one to answer because it's like I said earlier. Like, if I rode only one type of thing or just only did, like, one type of thing, I mean, it just get... But, I mean, I guess I'd take, I would take a tabletop, you know? Like, it's... Tabletops and 360s would be the funnest tricks because they're, okay. like, they're like... I feel like they're the most simple and you can... Do them at any on any discipline you know street dirt park whatever like you're gonna throw a tabletop in there at yeah. some point and like threes are just fun to spin on whatever so yeah i, I don't yeah I, I don't know if i could pick a spot but uh um, maybe fdr if i had if you force yeah maybe fdr if i had to ride one spot forever it'd probably be fdr and i'd do a lot of tabletops all right <laughs>
0: uh a guy named sick matt wants to know um before cory martinez blew up there was a brief moment where josh heino was terrence street new asshole especially in his nowhere fast section uh did was josh ever an inspiration for you on your rail game
1: um yeah i would say like that that Heino definitely with nowhere fast um the the two uh el toro clips the the ice pick and the overground on el toro at the time they were that was pretty groundbreaking and uh that yeah I, w- I would say that definitely like inspired me like i was i would like seeing seeing some of was like overgrinds and stuff probably pushed me in that in that in that respect yeah maybe more so than i've even realized maybe thinking about it now maybe you know because over grinds one of my favorite tricks something i like to kind of like push try to take to new levels and stuff yeah. so um the one he did with the drop where
0: his foot didn't hit the ground but the, the last last one where he does with the drop on the side yeah. it's really
1: gnarly for so now gnarly seeing nowadays. doing those pushed me more like I'm, i definitely remember sweating those two moves and being like wow that shit is crazy but maybe more so than i ever realized and it kind of pushed me to like kind of get my overground game yeah on point um
0: oh uh Yoli Williams wants to know, do you ever feel pressure to keep up with modern, modern trends or tricks in BMX? I know we kind of touched on that a yeah, little but... I don't,
1: I don't now. Like I, I feel like there was a point kind of after criminal mischief, you know, you kind of build off that, you, you kind of have that for, for a little while where everybody's like psyched and you're kind of, and then like when you're not the latest and greatest, you start to like question things. You're yeah. Like, oh, what am I doing? What do I need to do? Like, and, um, you know, so I, I feel like that was a point where I, like, stressed out a little bit as to, like, where I was at, where where my riding was at, where my career was at. And now now I don't. Now I'm, like, not even a little bit. Like, I'm going to ride the way I want to ride. And I feel like, to me, I think that's what, like, people would want to see me do anyway. Like, yeah, I don't think at this point in my life people want to see me try to, like, learn the newest hippish street move or like take my brakes off like that's just it's just not me and if i'm doing it it just looked desperate at yeah this point you know it's not like it so i'm gonna ride i'm gonna ride the way i want to ride and like you know that's at this point i'm totally comfortable with that and even like being on trips i used to kind of put pressure on myself to to kind of like do something scary or crazy and and like even if I wasn't finding the spot that seemed right for me yeah. but now I know that like if I roll up to a spot and I'm not into it I'm not going to ride it or I'm not going to like push myself to do something on it I'm just I'm going to do what feels right to me and if if jibbing around feels right I'm going to jib around if doing something scary feels right I'm going to do something scary if, um, if sitting on my bike and watching someone try <laughs> a flat ledge trick feels right I'm going to do that you know yeah. so I don't feel like I need to I know I know myself well enough now to know that When it's right, it's right, and I'm going to do it. You know, I'm not just going to, I'm not just being lazy or, or, or being a wuss. I'm going to like step up when the time is, when it feels right for me to step up and get something done or, or just have fun, you know, like I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to ride when and the way I want to ride, you know, that's just, that's what you should do. It's easy now. Um,
0: Cody Highwalker wants to know, what's the favorite, what's your favorite clip you've ever filmed?
1: Wow, that's a hard one.' Yeah, they're, they're hitting you with these hard ones. Favorite clip I've ever filmed. Um I might have to go, and you know this is tough. I'm just pulling this out of thin air. there's probably other stuff I'm forgetting here. but I, I might go with the penrail manual in Holy Fit. That was gnarly man? because yeah, that cool. that is like a fantasy. Um, that rail has always been like kind of legendary since I saw people do it in old skate videos and it was always like a a Philly staple like everybody would come through and like grind the pen rail you know that was like the coveted you know Um, and it's just something I remember like even when I when I ice picked it in Criminal Mischief it was like you know that's when I was I was manualing rails and stuff and we just we just joked about it you know it's like one of those things that like you joke about and it didn't even seem like a real thing like manually it didn't even seem possible yeah. in our heads but we just and then as time progressed it starts to seem like real like like wait, that could actually happen you know yeah. and then then we we're working on this project and it just became a, like a priority on my list and then the just the way it happened it just shouldn't have even worked um so for, for it to all like to fruition and for it to be like a real thing that actually happened it, it felt like a dream like it really like rolling away from that felt like a dream it was like this This did not just happen <laughs>
0: that's, that area is kind of a high bus spot too isn't yeah
1: it? yeah yeah that,
0: that I, I've seen that rail that's that's awesome um, I'm going to kind of combine these two questions um, uh, I can't pronounce one of the dudes names but this part of it is from Eddie Doesn't Ride he said Road Fools 5 was stacked with top riders at that time Um, Do you have any good stories from that trip? And then a dude asked, do you have any good stories from any Road Fools or all the props trips you went on? Because, I mean, you went on a lot of Road Fools, you know? Yeah. Um, Or let's start, how was it, like, when you first got invited on Road Fools? How did that feel?
1: No, that was was super rad because uh, I... Getting invited on Road Fools was really cool because I... I remember... Road 1, like, Derek went on it, and I was hanging out and riding with him, and yeah. told him to seek and destroy and stuff at the time, and uh, I was super jealous that, like, he was going on that trip, and I was laid up with a torn ACL at the time, and uh, so I'm 18, I think, 17 or 18 with a torn ACL, so I'm going stir crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, now I get hurt like that, I can pop some percocets and watch Netflix and strum the guitar a little bit and be content, you know? But back then, I'm like, I want to ride. Ah. Yeah. And, uh, so I was so jealous of that trip. Which, in retrospect, I'm kind of glad I wasn't tagging along with Derek on that. Because I probably would have just, like, annoyed and pissed off all my heroes. And they'd probably all still hate me to this day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kind of glad I wasn't <laughs> on <road full> <laughs> uh, But, uh. But yeah, I mean, you know, so by the time Road Fools 4 came around and I was super psyched, because like, again, Derek had kind of plugged me in with Marco and, you know, I remember the first time he threw my name out there, like, like you said, everybody that thought I was just a dirt jumper. Yeah. So they're like, oh, Derek's like, you need to take Van Homan on one of these trips. And he's like, ah, he's like, oh, really? He's like, the dirt jump kid? He's like, can he, can he ride street? And Derek's like, fuck yeah, he ride street. You know, like he, and, um, you know, and then it just kind of went from there and I ended up, being really good friends with Marco from there. And, like, he was kind of almost like a big brother to me in a lot of ways. Like, kind of, I would, like, always sit in the front of the bus and and uh, Marco would just, I don't know, just talk to Marco. You would always
0: be in the front of the bus. Like, when I was on the trips, I
1: mean, that's where you always were. Yeah, I would just sit in there. Like, I would really just, like, I would ride up front with Marco and just, just talk to him about life and shit, <laughs> you know, just getting all, like, but he was kind of, like I said, he was kind of like a big brother, like, figure yeah. to me where he would just give me advice on life and career and money and you know just kind of trying to like steer me in the right direction so it was always right you know hey,
0: marco's a good dude yeah um right. yeah any good get any good stories from any of the any road fools or any prop strips you got,
1: you want to, any like maybe one story you want to tell um I'm trying to think of something that like wasn't wasn't in the video i mean obviously like this is in the video, one of the videos, but we had the Backstreet Boys sign on the on the oh, front yeah. of bus, and we pulled into like some music festival and they started like pointing us into some VIP area and telling us where to set up. That was that was pretty funny. How far did you guys get with that? Um, not all that far because we just, we wanted to go ride so we like didn't even really push it how far did like, we pull back into the area and we're hanging out for a little mm-hmm. bit and then like we just we just pulled out. They're probably confused like where are they going? But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if they actually thought we were the Backstreet Boys, but we probably just looked like we were, they just assumed we were someone important because we were in that bus, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, uh, that's, that's, I'm trying to think if there's something else that, um, I don't know. That's all I can think of at the moment. I think
0: the, those trips in my head, all those trips, some of them blend together. I get confused a little. Yeah. Um, so we want to know uh, was there ever kind of a rivalry between Little Devil or Square
1: One? Um, no, I don't think there was a rivalry. Nah, there was no rivalry. Um, I mean, when Chris, when Chris left to like kind of try to do it on his own, that might have been a little weird, like between between those guys. But that's that's their business. So
0: yeah. Uh, Team Sano From all the way over in Scotland uh, Wants to know What's the scariest clip You ever filmed Did we already go over that?
1: No I didn't say scariest Um, God I
0: don't know (laughs) Uh, You don't have to pick the scariest I mean just maybe one That you can think of That maybe I mean there
1: There's a lot of scary ones yeah, I'm trying to think of... I mean, maybe the maybe the the tail whip and... I mean, it's hard. I, this is a tough one. I mean, because there's a lot that would probably be on, like, the same yeah. wavelength. But definitely the, the tail whip and uh, stay fit, my ender and stay fit would... Uh, was a pretty scary one, that whip, like... uh, The whip over the fence? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that was, like... And that, again, that was kind of, like, a dream come true, too. Because even before I could do tail whips, I had this, like, that fantasy in my mind of, like... It didn't even seem real. This is before, like anybody's even doing bunny hop whips like yeah. i just had this fantasy of my mind of just like going full speed and like it's like one of those it's like now when i wake up and I'll, i can just nose wheelie really as long as i want yeah <laughs> and then i wake up i'm like oh i can't really do that it was like the same kind of thing but then like you, you make it you make it real and like to to just pedal at something full speed like that and whip it it's just it's just a full commit kind of trick and like if, it, if you get that, that whip locks up or something, it's just oh, going to be bad, you know, so it just, yeah. that one, that one definitely scared me, and I, like, didn't sleep well the night before, now and I was going to try it, and, like, I didn't even tell anyone I was going to try it, like, they thought I just wanted to do the gap, and then, and then, like, I was, like, I did the gap, and everyone was, like, stoked and cheering and acting like that, and I was, like, I was, like, no, no, I got something more, and then, like, Taco was like, sure, I was, he was filming that, and he was like, sure, I was gonna try a bar, you know, and yeah he's like, he's like, what bar? And I was like, it's like nah, I was like, whip, and he's like, oh, okay, like, you know, and yeah. he was like, but you could tell he wasn't expecting that, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, that's a tough one, because I think there's a, there's a lot of, there's probably a bunch of clips that I would put on that same, like, plane over the, over the years of, of fear factor, <laughs> but... That's definitely one of
0: them. Uh, this is more of somebody saying hi, but uh, I guess this is a John Heaton's nephew, and he says he's sitting with John, and they both want to tell you hi. <laughs> <laughs> what up, John? <laughs> uh, this one's from Tony Piff. He's a Portland local, um, and he said, you used to be the young kid who kind of came out of nowhere. Now you're an icon who's been on top forever. Uh, how do you feel being like an older guy riding around 16-year-olds a lot? does it make you feel old um when was the moment you kind of felt the, a shift if there was
1: um it's a little strange because you you are kind of like when did that happen like when did yeah. I become the veteran you, you know because for me it feels like I blinked like I was like you said the 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 young kid on road falls that was just looking out the window ecstatic about every spot like jumping up and down yeah. and being hyper and annoying and um now you're just now it's here and uh um, I don't think it feels weird because I also think that you kind of touched on BMX has kind of established a little bit more of a history. And it doesn't feel like it's a kid. It's just for kids anymore. No, it definitely like it not. You know, grown-ups, grown-ups, are, grown-ups love BMX. Grown-ups ride BMX. And uh, it doesn't feel to me like it's a kid sport. And uh, I think BMX is rad because if you enjoy it, you can do it as long as you want to do it. Yeah. It's not like football where like, oh, I want... Uh, football but my glory days of high school are done and where can I play football now yeah you know what I mean like um so that's cool like you can you can and, and there's so many ways to be a part of it and so many ways to be stoked on it so um you know being around younger kids doesn't bum me out because um first I'm stoked to see them stoked and second of all it's like my life and my riding doesn't have to be just like that sixteen year old kid. Yeah. My life and my riding can be whatever I want it to be. So um, we just have that common bond of BMX, which I think is cool. Like I said, that brings a lot of times it brings people together that aren't necessarily like minded in every way, and then it kind of tends to open your mind. You know? Yeah, so definitely. I think it's a I think it's rad to, to hang out with. Like I like that. Like that that sometimes BMX kind of erases like, that age gap. Like, sometimes you're hanging out with kids, and it's almost, like, weird. Like, it's almost creepy. Like, if somebody didn't... If someone, like, outsider, like, they would be like, why are you hanging out with this kid? Yeah. It's like, well, because we ride. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like, to us, that makes total sense. But, like, to the outside world, it would almost seem creepy. Like, why is this 36-year-old man hanging out with this 15-year-old kid? It's like, well, because we're shredding. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean like like yeah, we're, ha- we're having a good time is that weird <laughs> yeah so i think it's cool it like kind of
0: bridges that like, uh yeah i'm amazed we didn't touch on this earlier but uh what's the can you you want to go into the story of like uh the van halen cease and desist on your stickers
1: yeah i mean it's it's pretty pretty simple uh, really i mean we obviously ripped off the logos and someone <laughs> someone uh that worked for Van Halen, saw it in a BMX Plus, and, um, so, we just got to cease and desist, like, we couldn't make those stickers, or that frame, or whatever anymore, um, I guess, really just the stickers, but, um, so, it's really just that simple, but I still have the whole letter, like, saved, it's like, pretty funny. I got one from GT, I saved it too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just for goods, you got one? Yeah, because we used to have the G with the wings. Yeah, I remember. And, yeah.
0: uh, yeah, we got one from them and so I saved it. I, I have it in the back of the shop framed. I'm just surprised they cared, yeah. Uh so we got a few more. Um Well we kinda of touched on that one. Uh Rich Hirsch wants to know if you want to maybe go over this. Uh who who are your favorite writers? Or who are maybe guys that you looked up to writing or
1: uh, I mean that just that just depends on like whatever you're talking about, but I mean, I mean, like growing up, like as far as like my favorite writers growing up and that I looked up to was like Chris Bennett and, and then like Joe Rich and Taj, you know, like just kind of like Chris for like his, the way he wrote dirt and his dirt yeah. style, like no footy can-cans oh my and gosh. stuff like that. And then um for, you know, Joe and Taj, just the way they were like pushing things on the street, like Joe would like gap to rails and stuff and then so I mean that's like some of my early influences and then obviously um, you know, just my friends. So like Garrett Burns, you know, just uh, still one of my favorite riders and just one of my big influences and um so yeah, I don't know.
0: That's a good answer.
1: Stephen Hamilton wants to know
0: uh if you can walk us through the moments up to the, you know, the manual tap to gap rail the, at the end of a criminal mischief. Yep. Uh, he wants to know, uh, did you feel it out with a gap, uh, did you gap to it regularly first? And then how did it go down?
1: Did you pull it first try? He kind of just wants to know a little more info about that. Um, well, that, that one was right around the corner from the house I was living in at the yeah. time. And I was going to, my brief little, stint at college so i was going to class that day yeah (laughs) and uh garrett was meeting up with me to go ride so he he drove drove down from jersey and uh so he was waiting for me at my house and for whatever reason uh, i like that day i just got it in my head that i wanted to try it like it was it was right near my house and it was one of those things that i just always like looked at and was like ah, i want to you know i want to do this sometime and like um I don't think Derek thought it was one of the things that I like was really gonna do. I think he just thought I was like, Oh imagine this, you know? Yeah. And uh and then that day I just got in my so I remember driving home and I started getting real nervous and like my hands started sweating like on the steering wheel and stuff. I'm like and I just walk in the in the house and I was like, Let's go guy. I got someone wanna try and I just like put the camera on his back and like and uh the camera bag on his back and we like pedal over there and then um he sets up and I, uh, I just did like manual gap to stairs a bunch of times, like yeah, like, like into the second s- stage st- stairs, and then, uh, and then finally, it just I was like, all right, I guess I'm as comfortable as I'm gonna get, and and uh, I tried it and it worked, it worked first try, and it was rad. It was just Garrett filming it, just broke cam style, and <laughs> yeah. yeah was, so definitely,
0: that that one, that one blew my mind when I saw it. So. It's um, funny, a lot
1: of people would ask if it was, like, an ice pick or something, like, because the sound my tire makes, it's, yeah.
0: like, <sighs> like, some people... You almost, thought, it's, like, more of, like, you almost bonk
1: off of it. Yeah. It's, like... Well, it's so, it's short and fast, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's more of a bonk than a manual, but... Which I think makes it cooler, like, it's fat. It's one mm-hmm. trick instead of, like, settling, Like, you, you settle know, in. Yeah, Asia. yeah. It's, like, commitment from the start.
0: Uh, Mulally Bike Park in New York wants to know, A... Hey, when you're coming to the Bronx. And then, uh, what's the, what's like the gnarliest thing you've had happen with something breaking on your bike?
1: Oh man, I'd be stoked. I'd be stoked to get up there. Um, I don't, I've been to that park once. I'd be stoked to check it out again. Yeah, I
0: know they're, they're like getting some money from the city and kind of redoing it and stuff yeah. right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You guys should hit me up and figure something hit out. Hit Van up. Figure out. Um, but, uh, with so something breaking on my bike? Yeah. Have you had like anything crazy break, like to where, um, God, I don't even like to talk about that. That's scary. Um, but I think I've been relatively lucky in that, in that regard. I mean, uh, like I don't feel like I've ever had anything Break that I feel like's put me like in like equipment fail. That's put me. I mean, obviously a lot of broken cranks and stuff that have drilled my heels into the ground yeah. on you know, big gaps or something like that, which you know, no fun. But you can't be shocked. But you know, luckily I've been, you know, yeah. You know, honestly, I mean, I've been with Fit since 2002, and I don't. I don't think anyone's doing it better. You know, the buildings like S and M and Fit. It's like there's not a lot of. I mean, a lot of people have caught up now, so there's a lot of good products out there, but like i don't think i don't think many brands are making stuff that good so i mean i've been lucky to be able to like trust my frame and my forks and my bars and like you know I, i'll change the stuff at a reasonable time and i always run like the the stronger forks i don't yeah. I never like if a if a company i ride for is making like a thinner lighter fork i don't run it. I run the stronger heavier fork you know like so um yeah i've been i've been generally i can't think of like an equip. An equi- Equipment fail that's like really yeah. put me in trouble, other than just like broken cranks. But that's that's if you're doing a big gap, yeah. yeah. So he asked,
0: yeah. I did a podcast with Blither that just was posted a little bit ago. So he asked him the same thing, and he's like, I broke a couple of pedals. But I mean, it's one of those things too when you're sponsored for as long as you are, you know, you're you're not going to ride like you're not going to let your bike get to a piece of shit right. status either, you but know? See, that's
1: surprising with someone like Blyther because, like, I'm lucky, because I'm, I'm more from an era where where products had gotten better. Because, yeah. because the truth is, like, even in my earlier days of riding, they had beefed everything up so much that, yeah. like, it was, our bikes were 20 pounds heavier than they are now. But the stuff was still strong. Like, yeah. But BMX went through a phase where everything was super light, and then, like, everything was breaking, and then they just started beefing it up, beefing it up, beefing it up. And then, kind of, when I started coming up and, like, really, like, starting to push myself, like, you could kind of trust the products. I mean, forks bent easier, bars bend easier, yeah. but, like, you could still, like, they bend. They bend. They didn't snap, yeah. you know? So, and then things just got bit beefier and beefier until, like, the weight finally, like, and the technology started to get better so that we could have something that was that strong, but not 40-pound bikes. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the craziest thing that's happened to you all filming? Like, is any... Maybe the sketchiest story of filming? I think I've heard a few of
1: them, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess... Uh, trying to think if there's something more interesting i mean the sketchiest stuff is just um getting jumped or robbed you know didn't like, you get yeah i got get jumped or robbed at gunpoint yeah once? i got i got gunpoint like the dude took the camera and he was like you know i guess he had been we were in a kind of seedy area and the guy had what city hit, was it in is it in philly it was okay like in north philly and then the guy had like probably had his eye on us at some point and then we were Pedal. we were, it sucks because we were actually pedaling out of that area and i had to like stop i had like someone got a flat and i had to stop to like i had the camera on my back and i was like riding their bike on my bars and i had to like stop to adjust the bike and the guy just ran out of nowhere and he's like he's like you're the motherfucker i was looking for give me that camera and i kind of like hesitated and then he like pulled out the gun and it's just like give me that fucking camera and then i was like trying i was so sort dumb of that i was like trying to get the tape i was like let me just get the tape I mean, just get the tape. <laughs> there was, like, footage on there that, like, there was, a uh, the rail-to-rail that I do in Criminal Mischief was on that tape, and then there was a bunch of stuff of, like, Jewel-Lift that, like, a rail-to-180 that he tried, like, a hundred times to get The one to, at like, the beginning of his part? No, there, there's one that isn't in there, like, it never got redone. Because,
0: did he end up getting the tape?
1: Yeah, yeah, he just, like, like, started freaking out, and I just gave him the whole bag, you know, yeah. Like, he wasn't trying to stand around while I took a tape out, or, you know. You're like, like dude, just relax, you can get a camera. I just want this thing. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right, here. Let me. I don't. Maybe you and Trav. You know our buddy Travis from up in Tacoma. You guys arm wrestle down at T- Texas Toast. <laughs> oh
1: my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think this is. He wants to know how many copies of Over the Top do you have? Featuring. I think he's just giving you a dig at your
1: guys' arm wrestling stint. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure it out first. no this this, just so everybody knows travis is like the nicest dude but he's the biggest beast of a man oh yeah like ever like (laughs) like like, (laughs) i like like no joke like i like i just wanted to see like obviously i knew i like couldn't beat him at arm wrestling he's like a tree trunk for you i I wanted to see if i could even like give him resistance like i honestly like i couldn't even give him like i couldn't even slow him down And it's not like I'm a small dude. No. You know, like, I couldn't even slow his arm down. Like, it just... He would just put it to the ground as if, like... As if I wasn't even trying. Like, at all. Like, he would just knock my hand... It just... Yeah, fuck it. Whatever, Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I I arm wrestle Travis, too. And he whooped me, too, so...
0: Uh... Uh, a journey through time wants to know uh
1: what do you like to do either than ride bikes um, actually right now i mean I feel like i 'm in a really rad place in my life because i i 'm i 'm really enjoying riding but i 'm i 'm just like enjoying everything that riding the all the opportunities that riding allows me to have as well like just this week you know i 'm just in Portland for a few days um you know working on some ideas um and uh You know, it's just, you, you, like, as, as we grow up, like, people develop more habits, and, like, we are interested in more things than just riding, so it's, like, you know, we're hitting these amazing parks, but then we're also, like, waking up, and, like, I'm going fishing with, with Casey, and, like, you know, we're just checking out spots, and, and, uh, just other interesting things, and that's, like, something I really enjoy doing with my lady, too, like, we're always traveling, and always exploring, and, you know, like, going out on our motorcycles, going out in the canoe, and just, uh, you know, so just, like, just like exploring the world really. You yeah. Know? And uh that's what's rad about BMX too. It's a just a a great tool to like kind of like help you experience life. It gets you out there more, it gets you knowing more people and seeing more things, and then as you grow up more you 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 figure out like that you enjoy you enjoy a lot more than just riding, but you enjoy, kind of enjoy it through riding in you know, a sense, if that makes makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um you know Nuno? Yeah. Nuno wants to know if you could morph any three riders into the ultimate BMXer, who would be the three you'd choose?
1: And why? Let's see. I think... I would take like... I would take like a Flatlander, and then someone with a lot of balls, and then someone that can pedal really fast because if you if you think about if you took that if you took that technical skill and bike control ability and combine that with someone with no fear and a lot of speed you're going to end up with some really cool shit so maybe
0: kevin jones jay Miron, and brian foster there you go let's let's do that, <laughs> that that'd be pretty gnarly uh yeah, I don't want to ask you that one. <laughs> Bruce Crisman wants to know. Um, we can kind of end it on this one because it's the last question. What is the most uh, gratifying trick or line you pulled for any of your video parts? I
1: think that we already. Yeah, we can, that already. I guess we
0: already kind of touched on that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually, didn't we? We did. We actually answered that exact question because you did Bruce first. Remember? Because mm. you were like, Bruce, Bruce, I would think that was the first one you asked me. Yeah, I'm, I've you know, yeah, hit yeah, my, yeah. I've hit my head a few times. That's because I think you started at the bottom. Yeah. Now you're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... <laughs> that was so terrible. <laughs> that,
0: that, that's a good uh, terrible thing to end it on. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's it unless there's anything you want to throw in or anybody you want to thank or anything, or...
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I just, obviously, it's a no-brainer to thank, like, all the brands that have had my back, and for as long as they've had it, you Yeah. Know? so it's, like, um, obviously, Fit, and Chris Moeller, and then, um, um, you know, the Duo guys, and, and G-Sport, um, Scott, and Dan's comp over there, that's, like, a really rad thing to have been part of the past few years, yeah. and that just seems like it's... Better and better all the time. Um,
0: Scott Town's a G, so I mean.
1: Almond, just like to be like working on my new shoe with those guys yeah. and uh, have an opportunity like that. So, uh, and um, you know, Bell, riding for Bell Helmets has been like a really rad thing too. Like all the, it's just like such a classic brand and their like history and then the way it connects with like my dad and my grandfather rode Bell Helmets racing boats years ago. And oh, right. I ride one and like, all the perks that come with that, being able to like have the moto helmets and stuff. Because they used just... to have the little fiberglass race boats? Yeah, my dad did that too. Yeah, like my grandfather, like there's actually a bell piece about that, um, about like the connection with like my grandfather and father racing boats, and then me racing BMX. And um, my grandfather actually had like some world records and stuff back in the day. Wow. Days. So yeah, he was. And
0: my dad just sunk a few boats, I think. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think they did that too. Yeah, I think they did that
0: too. But, uh... I just remember being real little, getting in those boats like probably like six years old and just being scared out of my mind while my dad just blasted around lakes and those things that's awesome yeah. so well cool Th- thanks for thanks for doing this with me man i, I appreciate
1: it yeah. thank you chef yeah all right snake bite
0: Thanks to everybody for listening today. Um, just a quick heads up. We just got our YouTube page up and running, and we've been posting some fun video parts on there that I feel have kind of been forgotten about or slipped through the cracks. So if you guys want to do me a favor, if you could head over to uh, YouTube and look up Snake BMX and subscribe to our page, that would be awesome. Um, until next time, guys, thanks.